0: Today's podcast is brought to you by Drinkers Like You. To help support the show, visit patreon.com slash Show.
1: Turns out Foster's isn't Australian for beer. It's actually Japanese for we own this beer now. Uh, and that's fine because Australia has its own distinct beer they can call its own. Uh, the Australian Sparkling Ale. We're going to discuss that today and maybe an Australian brewery if you can find the time. So grab your knife. No, that's not a knife. That's You know what? Never mind. Uh, instead, let's just have a drink. I can't believe they put a shrimp on the boat.
0: Welcome to Have a Drink, the show where you learn along with us about what you
1: drink. I'm Brittany V. Walker. I'm Justin Frazier. Uh, I'm Christopher Walker.
2: And I'm Casey Price. Wow, it really feels like it's been a month since we last uh, spoke.
1: It might as well have been. Because
2: we... it, it was really a yeah. month since we've done this in-studio spiel.
1: Oh yeah,
0: last
2: time we were together.
1: Yeah, we did We did back-to-back weeks, recording-wise. And then
2: that leads to like a month of
1: a month in between of just <laughs> just messing everything up. <laughs> it's, it's fine. We know we know everything goes, and that's why we're gonna be perfect. Hey, and oh nope, I hit you. But- <laughs>
0: uh, All right. Well, we uh, we do have a topic to get into though. So uh,
1: jump that way. Been off that truck,
3: seeking
1: Yeah, uh, today we are talking about the uh, Australian sparkling ale, which I had to look up when it came up in the, the episode drawing list if that was actually a thing. <laughs> I was like, that? No, that can't be right. I don't nope, remember us nope, even did.
0: coming up with the, <laughs>
1: with the subject. Uh, mm, popped up, so here we are. Mm. Uh, now, the uh, Australian, uh, uh, this one is, you know, there aren't a lot of beers that you can think of that have a style that are in Australia. Uh, but uh, Australian brewing practices pre-Europe is sadly completely lost to history. There is little doubt some sort of brewing took place, and we can guess on the face of of, uh, Australia's remoteness that indigenous grains and other fermentables, such as honey, were used extensively. But no recipes have survived, so we don't really know.
2: I'm going to assume some chicha stuff was going on. Ah! Oh, you're a monster. <laughs> oh. That's what
4: spices up my Saturday night—a little chicha action.
1: Oh yeah, I'm pretty sure that's a—that's a—that's a fetish category.
4: <laughs> Has to be actually, right up there with grapefruiting.
1: <laughs> chicha, your man.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh God! Oh. There you go. See, oh. welcome, welcome to what I feel every time. Oh, he just. You just had to do it. You wanted someone to, to visualize that.
1: Mm-hmm. I had someone to know my pain. Oh. Not that someone does that to me, but that's what Chicha <laughs> viscerally makes me think of. Anyway, Spring um, history that we do know about in Australia uh, dates back to the beginning of the British colonization. Uh, in 17, uh, 1770, when Captain James Cook, not Hook, uh, landed uh, the HMS Endeavor in Botany Bay. Botany Bay,
2: <laughs> gone. You knew it was coming. You knew it. <laughs> yeah, I did.
1: Uh, Captain Cook and his crew used brewing beer as a clever means to preserve drinking water and to protect themselves against scurvy. I didn't realize you could that beer can help prevent scurvy.
2: No. Well, yeah, yeah, uh, the extra vitamins and minerals. It's
1: mostly vitamin C. Is there a lot of vitamin C in beer?
2: Depending on what you're
1: using to brew. I guess. And now all I'm thinking of is like, hmm, that means I'm being healthy right now. If it's a blue moon.
0: (laughs) Well, say if they were using honey, apparently honey freaking cures cancer or whatever. I don't
1: know. (laughs) Honey cures cancer in the same way that a toddler might fight against Mike Tyson. (laughs) (laughs) It's one of my favorite Futurama jokes.
2: Uh, All episodes, chock
1: full of them. Oh, yeah. Uh, it, uh, even though beer was introduced, uh, introduced to the country uh, during the British colonization, it was mostly used by sailors and didn't gain popularity until the 18th century. Until the introduction of beer, Australia's drink of choice was rum. Rum was so popular in the early colony, it was basically money. It could honestly be used as a semi-currency for uh, for a long time. You could just trade back and forth. Like I will, you know, it it barter system with only one one main item. I will give you one rum for three sheep.
2: So I'll I'll give you a case of rum for a thousand acres of land. Sold. Sold. Uh, (laughs) What
1: are you gonna do with that land? I don't know. We got a lot of it though. Uh, make rum make rum uh no i don't think australia is the right environment to make rum
2: no no it's not no sugar cane
1: (laughs) sugar cane bad yeah yeah yeah
4: (laughs) uh
1: uh anyway it could be used semi-currency for a long time the unrestricted consumption of rum by people from all walks of life and ages including children resulted in drunkenness uh it became a you don't say uh it became a serious epidemic that caused the streets to be intoxicated and flood the jails with convicts. They were convicts when
2: they got there. Yeah, so you're a double convict. Well, okay, so no, they weren't all convicts. They were the guards who had to watch them. It's not like they were just turned loose on the island, like, with no fence. <laughs> like yeah, They were penal colonies, but there were a lot of them.
1: True, but I do like the idea of them just, like... English ships watch washing up on shore, putting down the gang wage like, get off. Alright, back to ship up. We're leaving these guys here. Like Lord of the Flies or something. <laughs> they come back like, how'd you build this opera house? I don't know, man. <laughs> Left us here with a lot of devices. That's that to me, that's the entirety of Australian history. That being absolutely terrifying in most world wars.
2: Except when giant birds are involved. Look, that is just, the emu
1: war. I said in world wars.
2: <laughs> and then they completely fall apart and can't fight birds <laughs> and lose horrifically.
1: Those,
0: those emus are dynamite. <laughs> Not everybody can be Finland. We
2: can't risk another full frontal assault.
1: Not everyone can be Finland, but the, uh, Australia, well, I mean, it depends. It could have also been an incident where, uh, uh England took all the best, uh, Australian troops as they were wont to do yeah. and dropped them somewhere else and go, you fight them. Who do we have left back in the back in the home country? Uh, four blokes in a, <laughs> and a and a ten year old with a hat. Yeah. So, anyway, uh, the government wanted to uh, start to reduce drunkenness. It started promoting promoting beer as a healthier, safer alternative to rum. Eh,
4: sure. Government getting in and messing with things.
2: <laughs> government. Slapping. Government took in my rum. Slapping that nipple on the, uh, on the beer. Look, it's good for the kids.
1: Uh, we're about to get into a running gag uh, in the, the history of brewing in, uh, uh, in Australia, but in the 18th century, John Boston, a former convict, became Australia's first brewer who brewed a beverage from Indian corn made bitter using love apple stalks. Don't
2: know what that is. What? <laughs> love apples. Hmm. Okay. Mm. that's uh i'm not gonna go type that into urban dictionary my god <laughs> baby holding an apple <laughs>
4: tomatoes uh,
0: <laughs> love apples are tomatoes
4: that's what wikipedia is saying that has a to be metal. like some
1: uh, has to be some kind of like is that like just like a, an australia only thing or is that a
4: let's see the other one is some sort of fruit from India, which may be closer to. That's maybe, yeah. Because I mean, in theory, like that—that that would be an easy,
1: easier import to, for them than some other places.
2: So, uh, uh, so who wants okay. who wants the Urban Dictionary? <laughs>
4: oh no! I don't know.
2: I do. <laughs> what? What's it say?
0: You just ruined your search. Like you're,
2: okay. It's not that bad. It just says another term for breasts. Oh. Well, I mean, no. that's a given. And then, uh, like, that's the only one, because the other, like, one of the backup ones, it just says, otherwise known as a tomato.
0: <laughs> well, that one's just boring now, isn't
2: it? Uh, <laughs> a love apple refers to a hickey on your Adam's apple. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, so, Urban Dictionary failing me. Okay. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Well, this uh, beverage that he made using love apple stalks and Indian corn uh, was said to have uh, more beer, uh, to have more beer qualities than those of ale. Uh, James Lara, uh, also an ex-convict, uh, opened up Australia's <laughs> first pub. The Mason Arms in 1796. They're really not just, you know, getting rid of the stereotype that <laughs> yeah. early Australia were just convicts.
4: I mean, like, <laughs> Australian? Maybe that's that's the appropriate—another Australian would be the appropriate uh, phrasing there. Again, they just backed up the ship,
1: pushed them off the boat, and then kicked it in the drive, because that's how sail ships work. ex-con. <laughs>
2: Australian for citizen. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry uh, to everyone that just
1: offended. They just called uh, Con Air uh, in the Australian release, just Australian Air. As I
2: was gonna say, is
0: this why Mad Max is stationed yes.
1: there? <laughs> is
4: it set in Australia? It is.
0: <laughs> yes. The first is. one, is, yeah.
1: The first one is is clearly just an Australia after something has like some sort of government collapse, but just everyone else took it as.
2: It's just Australia.
1: It's just what it's like all the time.
2: <laughs> because they never... There's no word of outside of Australia. Like, throughout the whole series of Mad Max, they're just like, the world's falling apart, and it's like, how would you know? You're just, you're trapped on a giant island.
1: Uh, but anyway, uh, the first legal pub was the Mason Arms in 1796. Uh, Parramatta, a few months after the government started issuing licenses for alcohol sales. So... Uh, unfortunately dependable supplies uh, supply lines and the hotter environment took prospective brewers to task trying to brew an English style ale uh, in this environment before any type of refrigeration was too big an obstacle for brewers to overcome inevitably Australian beer soon fell under the stigma of subpar product and despised uh, despite heavy government support uh, to the burgeoning industry faltered yeah I mean, they don't—they're—you they, know—they don't have like some alpine cave to go log or something in. It's like, what are we gonna do with this beer? Take it out in the outback? I feel like that's a bad idea.
2: <laughs> Look, we don't. Can you need imagine the, keg- the taste. We don't even I- kangaroos getting into that. <laughs>
4: <laughs> and the seventeen hundred deadly snakes.
2: You <laughs> need the the
1: the coolest place we can put this this keg. Open up that kangaroo's pouch. <laughs>
2: Throwing Joey's out and shoving kegs <laughs> in. Uh, Sorry, uh, little mate. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Many of these uh, young breweries closed after only a few short years, dodging practices such as adding tobacco or copper so, sulfate oh and uh, cocculus indicus uh, on is- the part of the brewers more interested in wealth and their products' uh, quality for their blackened reputation of colonial beer. Uh, Clockless Indius is a bitter poison which adds some bitterness to the brew and a strong, a stronger feeling of intoxication to the drinker. It's oh, essentially that, that old moonshine thing of just like, oh, what do you got in there? You got some rat poison, that'll
2: give it <laughs> a kick. Turpentine. Wow. Turp
1: Derp- your time. Uh, needless to say, settlers soon were choosing uh, imported beer from other local stuff, such as uh, such was this demand that uh, it seemed to influence how uh, Burton-upon-Trent na- uh, named and advertised some of their beers by the mid-1800s. This heightened the demand uh, uh, brought a new beer style that was taking uh, mainland Europe by storm. The lager. Oh, oh, oh. The hot Australian climate played to the lager's strength as a light and very refreshing brew. Which, yeah, yeah if I was in Australia... I, I don't think I'd be doing a lot of stouts, yeah. <laughs> or at least parts of Australia. I, there are other parts where it is not quite so oppressively hot.
2: No, they were doing pastry stouts in 1800s Australia. Don't you <laughs> give me that?
1: Doing a Midwest fruit tart out in, uh, out out there as well. I'm just mm. that'd be delightful. The knowing. Midwest
0: of Australia.
1: <laughs> 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 Didn't say where which West it's from. Yeah.
2: (laughs) All right. Well, uh, much as cream ale and California common were made in response to the popularity of loggers in America, a new ale would arise in Australia. It (laughs) would answering the challenge of this. Almost said shame. (laughs) (laughs) Well, (laughs) (laughs) this same throne gauntlet. Uh, This new ale was lighter in color and body than the British ales. uh, Australian brewers were trying and, in large part, failing to duplicate. They could be forgiven. Uh, the federal government introduced a new Beer and Excise Act in 1901 to regulate beer brewing and sales. The provisions mentioned in the act made making and selling of home brewed beer illegal, and caused many breweries to close down. The act, uh, the act forced the remaining breweries to consolidate. I can see that uh, the large breweries bought smaller ones. You know, it's like Atari. Nice.
1: <laughs> You say it like it's like large breweries, but smaller ones. How familiar. Hmm.
2: <laughs> the axe aftermath left. Only two breweries standing in Sydney. Tooths and Tooies and Melbourne. Yeah.
1: Tooth well, Tooths and Tuies, I guess, is
2: one yeah, place. And Melbourne. Uh, five breweries merged to give birth to Carlton and United Breweries. And in 2007? This must be 1907. There's a oh, the typo 1907, okay. 2907, uh, look, they're going to yeah. do it one day. Uh, uh, I like the- that idea, though, the, you know,
1: the breweries kind of coming together going, I can now
2: form the head. <laughs> <laughs> uh, within a span of 70 years, Australia's brewing industry grew, having given birth to some of the long-standing breweries like the Cooper's Brewery in 1862, the Carlton Brewery in 1864, and the Foster's Brewery in 1887. Why do you go British? I don't know. Uh, uh, the Foster's Brewery was the first to produce Australia's lager, as well as use refrigeration. Oh, mm. so the, they were the fancy ones. Probably why uh, we haven't all... they done well? Yeah, because no. if someone asks you to name a uh, an Australian brewery, that's going to be it. it 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 took a lot of restraint on my part.
1: To, to only settle for Paul Hogan references in the intro, by the way, and not to doing anti-Donna references for like 30 minutes.
2: <laughs> mm. uh, the fa- uh, uh, so many of Australia's local breweries remain strong. Strong like bull. <laughs> Even today, such as James Squire, uh, Castlemaine, XXXX, X, X, X. sure, uh, f- I guess. 4X. Foster's log. <laughs> l- <laughs> Quattakes. what's what's the fourth X? That's <laughs> uh,
1: there's there's a a, a joke about this where like they they have the unnamed continent they just named X X X X, X oh. or X, and it's it's essentially like, what does it translate to? Bring more beer. <laughs> oh!
2: <laughs> so Foster's Logger, uh, Matilda Bay, and many others. Cascade Brewery in Hobart, uh, Tasmania, is Australia's oldest brewery and a noteworthy establishment since its inception in 1824. Wow. Embedded within 200 years of brewing history and culture, it is one of Australia's iconic landmarks to date. Uh, Carlton and United Brewers, Breweries, Coopers and Lion are Australia's premium beer producers today. Not Foster.
1: Speaking of Coopers...
2: Diving into Cooper's a little bit. Uh, since they are one of the few remaining purely Australian breweries, they make one of the prime examples of the Australian sparkling ale. Let's take a little trip into the history of Cooper's Brewery. I almost want to hear the the Wayback Machine starting up from... Uh, yeah, stuff you should know. You're the crappy, like, rusted engine.
4: Oh, that one.
2: Yeah because they always have to make a crack about, oh, yeah, we should check the oil in this thing. Casey uh, go
1: going, uh, going old Rocky and Bullwinkle episodes, I believe. Yeah.
2: When Thomas something there. <laughs> when Thomas Cooper used an old family recipe to brew his first batch of ale back in 1862, it would be fair to describe him as a novice craft brewer. Apparently, he'd only intended, uh, intended it to be a tonic for his sick wife, but the resulting ale was so flavorsome, <laughs> that friends and neighbors soon came to appreciate it for more than just its restorative properties. I, by the way, when
1: it's like flavorsome, all I'm thinking of is uh the the time Casey told us he, he almost like put a wrong number in for like a for like a malt in the bill. like I almost went to Flavor Country. Yeah. <laughs> Forgot to. Oh, that decimal's in the wrong spot. How how much malt did we put
2: in there? all of it
4: like the smoked malt or wherever it was supposed (laughs) to go yeah
2: almost took us to flavor country i would have i would have bought that entire batch (laughs) just so you know
1: we we would have bought it and we would have all drank it just Mm. so that "Mm." couldn't have gone
2: back either you'd had to keep keep making it just for us (laughs) even if it was just like if we were drinking it and the reaction was like uh from Hitchhiker's Guide drinking the Pangalactic Gargle Blaster.
3: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
4: <laughs> it's kind of what I'm running into right now at the brewery, because <laughs> loggers take six weeks to make,
3: mm-hmm.
4: but a batch is selling out in two weeks. Oh wow! <laughs> so, you're going to have to make more.
1: Uh, I mean, that's a fun I, I problem I don't have, have enough tanks for this. <laughs> you're you're going to have to use tanks
2: you're using for other things, for loggers now. Obviously. So you, you need something. You need an ale to become a hit so you can just keep cranking that bad boy out.
4: <laughs> we have one. And oh, I, was yeah. a, I was happy with it. And then we made a lager. They were like, oh,
2: forget that one. <laughs> 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 i go the Australian
4: sparkling ale.
2: Well, as demand for his naturally conditioned ales grew throughout the fledgling colony of South Australia, Thomas Cooper's growing passion for brewing soon became his profession. Hey, we've heard a tale like this before. Before Thomas is <laughs> old as time. <laughs> before Thomas passed away, he handed over the reins of the brewery to his four to four of his sons. Four of that means he had more, and so began a proud family tradition that has continued in an unbroken chain of six generations for more than a hundred and fifty years while we're still using cooper's original recipe successive generations of coopers have made improvements along the way i would hope so <laughs> so the yeah, fusion
1: uh, hmm? okay i was, was going to make a joke about ye old beer uh, is good for an experiment not good for commercial <laughs> success
2: yeah the fusion of traditional coopers brewing methods with cutting edge production technology has helped us grow our capacity and deliver consistent brew quality and flavor. As a result, uh, they now have the ability to produce naturally conditioned ales and stouts for a global audience with absolute confidence that whenever one of the signature beers is poured, the drinker will enjoy a quality Cooper's brew. But only when it's poured. Yeah. (laughs) Probably. Those bottles ain't making it all the way to the States. (laughs) Uh, this marriage of century-old brewing techniques and modern innovation is what makes Coopers unique in Australia's brewing landscape.
1: Pull I pulled that straight from their that section about them straight from their their site because I was like, oh, let's see what they have to say, and now let's see what other people have to say. Uh, yeah. So
2: it gets it gets annoying when that's usually the only source we can find. When it's like, oh, we need we need history about it, and it's like straight from the horse's mouth, and you're like. I feel this is a bit biased.
1: Yeah, well, it's it, you know, it's it's the problem you run into. You know, one of the best sources for for you know Caesar's you know conflict with the 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 Gallic, the Gaelic people or is is Caesar, unfortunately, <laughs> you're pretty sure he's lying.
2: Yeah, you're like pretty sure this is painted one color just to uh, make the <laughs> other look a certain way.
0: Hmm. Yeah. Uh.
4: To the victor, go the storylines.
0: Do is the, I get this part? Do I read this part? You you can. <laughs> okay, just as apologies for the amount of financial talk that's about to go on. You're about to be tired of the word shares by the end of this, probably. Because um, once I hear financial talk, I'm just like, and I'm dead. Um, yeah, so... <laughs> yeah. There had been much consolidation of brewers or breweries in South Australia since Cooper's was established, and the South Australian Brewing Company and Cooper's and & Sons were the only breweries remaining in Adelaide. As both were attractive takeover targets in 1962, after 100 years of Cooper family sole ownership, the two companies decided to do a mutually beneficial share swap in order to reduce the risk of takeover. But Sure. The traditional South Australian market leader had been the South Australian Brewing Company. Makes sense. The share swap gave SA Brewing a 25% interest in Coopers, and Coopers received 291,404. That's really okay. Uh, SA Brewing shares. That's like a really specific number. Um, So it's 2.65%. The Coopers' board of directors was increased from four to five, with SA Brewing shares having the right to elect the fifth director. After consulting the SA Brewing board and receiving their product, Coopers sold their SA Brewing shares in 1984 at a substantial profit. SA Brewing continued to hold their 25% interest in Coopers. So Now, we're
1: getting into takeover territory soon.
4: Mergers and acquisitions,
2: my favorite topic. Oh yeah, it gets me hot.
1: Well, like this gets interesting just for the the, the fact of how usually some of these things can go. They they took a different tact. Um,
0: so, SA Brewing Holdings subsequently diversified into manufacturing and wine, and then refocused to form SouthCorp. Southcorp Wines and SA Brewing of course. So SA Brewing was acquired by Trans Tasman Lion Nathan in 1993. After 2 years of negotiations in 1995, family members purchased all of the D class shares, long-term investment shares, with their right to elect a director, and some of the C class shares, short-term investment shares. And Cooper's Brewing Limited purchased the remainder of the C-Class shares. So, uh, this is like a lesson in stock market stuff.
1: Well, just one of those, like, <laughs> as as they kind of saw, like, someone coming in going, like, hmm, well, now that we have this company, we have part of yours, we would like to... No, 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 we're just buying the shares. Here, take some money and just <laughs> piss off.
4: <laughs> you get no say.
1: Yeah. Which... Is kind of a nice change of pace from, yeah. I welcome your big dump trucks of money.
0: Mm, yeah.
1: <laughs> Today's standard.
0: Thus, uh, so- it's South Australian, isn't it? South Australian Brewing yeah. had a seat on the Cooper's Board of Directors from 1962 to 1995. But in 95, the Cooper family once again became sole owners of the company. In 2001, the brewery relocated to much larger premises at Regency Park. Since 2003, the Regency Park Brewery has used a gas turbine-based cog, uh, cogeneration plant to supply steam and electric power requirements. Fired with natural gas with a thermal efficiency of 80%, the $6.2 million plant produces power with a 90% reduction in greenhouse gas emissions. Nice. The plant is operated by AGL Energy and is rated 4.4 MW?
2: Megawatts. Megawatts. Oh, okay,
0: that makes sense. Uh, I've never. I don't know why I've never actually just seen the the MW um, generation above the brewery's electrical load of 1.2 megawatts is fed back into the grid.
2: Yeah, that electrical load.
0: <laughs> uh, in late 2005, Lion Nathan made an unsolicited takeover bid for Coopers, which was strongly opposed by the board and by the Cooper family. It was ultimately rejected at an extraordinary general meeting when the holders of ninety three point four percent of the shares voted in favor of permanently removing the third tier <laughs> purchasing rights of Lion Nathan, effectively preventing
1: any current or future takeover bid. They, that, that, that company keeps trying to come in there. Like, we would like to buy you. Stop it! <laughs> Stop.
0: Wow. Um, also, I, I can't get out. I can't get the like. Current situation of weird buyout things in and like the the Elon Musk and Twitter thing. I just can't like that's all <laughs> I've been reading about. Uh um. So Pull your head out of that.
2: Like just I know come I, up for air and don't look at that again until it's done.
1: I I generally <laughs> well, t- when I see Elon Musk's name on something anymore, I go I don't care. Well, it's just
0: from DTNS. Like, like yeah, like, they
1: they did the thing with the timeline. I don't
0: anyway. know.
2: I liked uh, if you follow the Lord of the Rings memes subreddit. Uh they took the pictures of him shirtless on his yacht and <laughs> uh pasted it into the Hobbit movies when they see the pale orc. <laughs> <laughs> so you see that like glowing pale musk off in the background. I thought there you were gonna
1: say like the, the, the beacons pale. are lit and Gondor calls for aid. I mean, yeah, that's that
2: that's my
0: legs right now. All right. Uh on ninth of March <clears throat> twenty seventeen Cooper's Brewery launched a limited edition premium beer in both can and carton uh, to commemorate the bicent- bicentenary?
1: bicentenary of the Bible Society? I have no idea exactly what the Bible Society is, All but right. this just led to a, a weird, a, a weird social <laughs> snafu that they had to deal with, which I thought was just mildly entertaining. All right. Public outcry arose over
0: the use of the Cooper's Brewery branded beer in a video of the Bible Society debate over the issue of same-sex marriage. Oh, here we go. (laughs) Cooper's Brewery issued two statements on the 12th of March, 2017 in response to the backlash and also posted a tweet saying they were not trying to push a religious message. Various venues in Melbourne and Sydney were subsequently announced they would no longer be stocking Cooper's beers. On March 14th, Coopers issued a further statement and accompanying video declaring they were canceling the release of the Bible Society commemorative cans and joining Australian marriage equality. On 15th March, the Bible Society replaced the original video of the debate between federal MPs Tim Wilson and Andrew Hastie Hastie? Uh, with a four second clip advising, quote, we have decided to remove this video. Thank you for your understanding. (laughs)
1: <laughs> I find this kind of funny just
2: because it's like
1: I can't picture any any religious group in America
2: being like oh we want a beer released we want a commemorative mm. beer can release
1: yeah that's very yeah
0: it well that's very n- not here
1: well yeah I was gonna say, <laughs> that said America has a very strong puritanical part to their religious
4: thing so well, wait I mean, you've got you've got the the m- monastery breweries. Yeah, you but that's do. not really looked
2: at the same but way here not, than it is elsewhere. But not doing a that, commemorative canning. <laughs> and also, um, so well, since the news show is gone, let's talk. Well, you, we were at the fact that stateside, we've lost Spencer. It's gone. Yeah. So, so that, that's we like, don't have that pour one out for your homies and if you can find Spencer on a shelf you best be grabbing it because yeah. we've lost our only Trappist brewery in stateside yeah Let's see I
4: found faith American Brewing Company and I'm kind of wondering what this is
1: I I feel like it's a rabbit hole you don't want to go down but
2: <laughs> it, it so I went down like a creepy nationalist route in my mind where I'm like where it went away from religious and more you know nationalist and I'm like a beer called like eagle tears oh. and it's just like the can label is just an eagle crying Jeez. and I'm like what would that be I don't know why my mind went this way
0: why does your I'm mind go sure sure. that way
1: really? but I think it's time we talk about some BJCP stuff
4: so, the BJCP guidelines for Australian sparkling L haven't necessarily always been in the BJCP guidelines. Um, it's more of a newer edition instead of some of the older BJCP beers that are out there. Um, I, do know oh, it's,
1: I do know it's in the 2015, and it's in the, the 2021.
4: Yeah, so I think it was added in the 2015. That was the first yeah. one, I think, that it That's was it was in there. And almost as, like, uh, in a category um that was sort of a weird catch-all category it was it was like a hey we're trying these things out to let us know if they should stick around they seem to be catching on Mm -hmm. and and the you know it's not in here i don't think but the history of that is that you know while america homebrewing has been pretty strong for 30 35 years something like that um my understanding is that Australian home brewing really has hit its heyday most recently in the past like ten to fifteen years. Um, Cooper's yeast, though, used to be the thing that you got even in the U.S. Like you were getting Cooper's yeast, and so Australian and American homebrewers have really come together here in the most most recent times in order to kind of build uh, build a more hey we're going to work t- together collaborate a little bit more type mm. of atmosphere.
1: When do we get to see the, uh, the the Broken Throne Australian collaboration?
4: There we go. Hey, let's get some Aussies in here and we'll do it. Um, so Australian sparkling ale has an overall well-balanced pale, highly carbonated and refreshing ale suitable for drinking in a hot climate. Should be fairly bitter with a moderate herbal spicy hop and palm fruit profile. Um The esters from that smooth, natural malt flavors with a full body and a crisp and highly attenuated finish. Again, you want to kind of lift off. You're not looking for imperial stouts on this one. Should have an aroma that is fairly soft and clean with a balanced mix of esters, hops, malts, uh, yeast, all that kind of in a moderate to low intensity. This beer is supposed to be very, very muted and pulled back. Um, the esters are frequently pears and apples, optionally, with a light touch of banana. The hops are earthy, herbaceous, and might show the characteristic iron-like pride of ringwood nose. Pride of ringwood, um, if I'm not mistaken, being the uh, yeast that came from. Um, from from sort of the area.
1: Don't they don't they make animals take pills for
4: that? Uh, yeah, I think it's, so. That's ringworm, <laughs> but not the pride of ringworm. Mm.
3: <laughs>
4: uh, Victoria, Australia, Melbourne, um, Ringwood is a uh, uh, an area there, and it's a hop actually. Sorry, I was thinking it was the yeast, uh, but it is a hop, a medium to high alpha acid hop. Mm. So, uh oh, I just
2: got a bad mental image. Uh, um, <laughs> what about uh, ring wood on certain parts of the anatomy? Is that why you call uh, it ring wood? You don't <laughs> want
4: a wood that's ringed,
0: <laughs> uh, not typically. No, <laughs> uh,
4: the malt can range from neutral grainy to moderately sweet to light bready. No caramel should be evident. Very fresh examples may have a light yeasty and sulfury nose appearance should be deep yellow to light amber in color often a medium gold tall frothy persistent white heads with tiny bubbles noticeable effervescence due to high carbonation brilliantly clear um, if decanted off of the yeast but typically poured with yeast to have a cloudy appearance not typically cloudy unless yeast roused during the pour however the flavor should be medium to low rounded grainy to bready flavors. Um, Initially, it should have a mild to malty sweet, but a medium to medium-high bitterness rises mid-palate to balance the malt. Caramel flavors are typically absent in the flavor. Uh, Highly attenuated gives a dry, crisp finish with a lingering bitterness, although the body gives the impression of fullness, medium to medium-high hop flavor, somewhat earthy and possible herbal resinous pepper, resinous, Okay. Yes. Uh, peppery and iron-like, but not floral, lasting into an aftertaste. Into the aftertaste. Medium high to medium low esters. Let's stop this before the cat gives you the the pride of rainwood right there. <laughs> uh, medium high to medium low esters, often pear and apples. Banana is optional, but should never dominate. It may be slightly minerally in its flavor or sulfury. Especially if the yeast is actually present in that beer, um, should not be bland. However,
1: I got to say, I really wish I'd had—I was able to find one of these today because right. I feel like it would be pretty tasty.
4: It mm.
2: sounds like a pilsner to
1: me. I mean, sounds like it's—it's—it's it's, it's in the category of like a mm. maybe not quite pilsner because it's going to have a darker color, probably a little bit more, a little bit little bit extra kick, but it is probably, I don't know. They, they make a reference to it, it you know, th- there are references in the research to it, it maybe not in, in flavor, but in ideology being like the California common. And I was like, yeah, there's probably some, some tying ground in that. But
4: initially my thoughts were it would be like a pale ale, but mm-hmm. boost up the amount of carbonation to it. Yeah. So carbonated like a pilsner or one of those highly carbonated beers, but pale ale hop aromas and um, malt flavors should kind of be there.
1: Which is fine by me. That sounds that sounds great. <laughs> uh,
4: the mouthfeel should be high to very car- very high carbonation, giving mouth filling bubbles and a crisp spritzy carbonic bite. Medium to medium full bodied. Beer tending to the higher side if poured with yeast. Smooth, but gassy. Stronger versions may but have a gassy. light <laughs> may have a light alcohol warmth, but lower alcohol versions will not. It should be very well attenuated and not have any residual sweetness. Um, so here's some background on this. Cooper's has been making their flagship sparkling L since 1862, although the formulation has changed over the years. Presently, the beer will have brill- brilliant clarity, uh, if decanted, but publicans often pour most of the beer into the glass and swirl the bottle and d- dump the rest of the yeast in. Uh, in some bars, the bottle is actually rolled along the bar. Uh, when serving on draft, the brewery instructs publicans to invert the keg to rouse the yeast. So they are intending you to get that
1: get yeast that in yeast. the I also love the idea. Like instead of like the 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 Cheers thing, where like you know they slide the beer down the the bar end to bar to Norm at the end. <laughs> you just set the bottle down and
4: roll it down the. <laughs> like it's Australian Cheers.
1: That 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 feels like that would be like a fun thing. Like I'd like a bottle of this, sure. <laughs>
2: um, I need I need Australian Norm. I need it. There are some some beers. Nah- that- there's some beers
4: in the US that actually when they deliver the kegs will deliver them upside down yeah. intentionally. Yeah. So that whenever you, you go to put that keg on, you're intentionally rousing it. So by uh, flipping it.
2: This is hashtag Urban Artifact. That is actually <laughs> they deliver that instruction. They de- all their kegs are delivered upside down. hmm And they yeah, actually hundred percent sense. They recommend you store their cans because they are after their first year, we're smart, and all their beers are canned instead of bottled. And <laughs> ask you to store it upside down in your fridge, and then before you pour, you just turn it right set up and let it sit for like five minutes, and then pour, mm-hmm. just to give yeah. it proper agitation. That's
1: that's probably a good good idea because I keep forgetting that when I buy cans of it and store I, upside down. Yep, and I have to stop and go like I, I'm like about to start pouring. I go crap,
2: start swirling. It's more yeah. like your life depends on it. It's when you're like, there's like two inches of slurry in the bottom of this that need to be diffused <laughs> to the rest of it.
4: Oh, yes, my favorite. An alcoholic slush.
2: <laughs> alcoholic yes. smoothie. Smoothie. There we go.
4: They, they
1: do have uh, uh, sake Rita's, by the way, now at Void. Oh, God. Wow.
2: Yeah, baby.
1: <laughs> yeah especially with it being 90 degrees every day all the time
2: well, from sunup
1: to sundown.
2: I've not had any yet, but I also keep forgetting that Urban Artifact had a brewer split off kind of in a similar fashion to what happened with Void and started doing fruit wine. Oh. fruit fruit wine
0: all and right i'm, I'm just
2: done. i'm just like you know what any fermentable fruit i take it from anybody that's worked at urban artifact they got to know what they're doing <laughs> yeah
4: so that cloudiness appears to still remain um even with the modern consumer preference so they're looking for some cloudiness in that beer um, it should always be naturally carbonated. That's the other key, too. So they're not forcing CO2 into it. They're actually carbonating it with, with extra sugars and either spunding or doing something there to, to, like, get the carbonation level up from that natural carbonation um, or from that natural yeast production uh, of CO2, even in the keg. Um, at uh, present, use L, best enjoyed fresh. Uh, the history of this in, looks to brewing records that show the majority of Australian brewed between the 19th in the bird in the 19th century was draft triple uh, X mild and Porter L M bottle was originally developed to compete with the imported bottled Pell L's from British breweries, such as baths and younger WM Younger's um, monk by the early 20th century. Modeled Pell L's went out of fashion and lighter lager beers went to vogue. Many Australian sparkling and Pell L's were labeled as L's. But were actually bottom fermented lagers with very similar grists to the L's they replaced. So, you know, keep all the malt and everything else the same, but just change the yeast because people like that and we're not going to say anything about it. I mean, yeah. (laughs) I mean, that's where your import beers from your big traditional brewers are. Not, I do not even say traditional. Your big macro brewers um, are saying, "Oh, this is a." Uh, they'll maybe call it a a pale, not a pale ale, but they'll maybe call it something that sounds like it should be an L. and no, it's actually brewed with locker yeast. Yeah. Um. Coopers of Adelaide, South Australia, is the only survivor brewery producing the sparkling ale style. In the 2021 edition of the BJCP style guidelines, um, the ingredients list that it includes are lightly kilned Australian two-row pale malt. Lager varieties may also be used. Some amounts of crystal malt for color adjustment only. So very small percentages, probably in the two to 4% range, somewhere in there. Uh, Modern examples use no adjuncts. So no corn, no wheat, no, um, no additional oats, anything like that. Um, cane sugar is used, but it's for priming only. So, so I
1: have a, uh, sorry. There's a, a a dumb thought for a dumb ad for a malt company, that I think someone should use. Which is, getting crystal malt. And you have a picture of, of you know the the Heisenberg look. I say Brian like, Cranston. a Brian Cranston with a pork pie hat saying, "I'm the malt who knocks." <laughs>
2: Casey Casey We're we're just hand delivering you the best names and labels here. I see him on in the in the video like making notes. Like, all right, we're gonna he still hangs out with us.
4: I'm almost positive that I saw an ad in a (laughs) <laughs> One of our catalogs from a malt company or a supply there's, company.
1: There's no way someone hasn't done that.
2: It's, 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 they used easy. it.
4: It wasn't that exactly, but it was, um, it was something along those lines that, that they were using.
2: Oh, <laughs> so good.
4: Um, so the priming sugar is the only adjunct in there. And it's only literally to get that natural carbonation, um, historical examples using 45% of two row 30% of a higher protein malt, like a six row malt, which would normally be your, your, like, um, high enzymatic malts, uh, your lager malts. Uh, And then they would normally use around 25% sugar to dilute the nitrogen content in these malts. Um, Traditionally used Australian hops like Cluster and Goldings until it was replaced in the mid-60s by Pride of Ringwood. It's a highly, they use a highly attenuative attenuative Burton's-type yeast, so Australian-type strain, typical Basically, they would have this, this specific yeast that would be traveling all around Australia. i going to go ahead and um, blame
2: it on Casey. I can't hear uh, Pride of Ringwood and not think of cat anuses now. <laughs>
4: <laughs> Ooh, I want to make a beer with that. Um, Is that label to be a cat anus? Make-
1: just, a, just, a pic- you just take a picture of the back end of one of your cats. Just a screenshot of any time you're on your computer. for sure. <laughs> that,
0: that episode of Pop's uh, Burgers... <laughs>
2: Oh, God. Yes. Uh, I love that. (laughs) All the anuses. And then they put the underwear on. Oh, God. We tried to watch the movie. Sorry for the the interruption with Bob's Burgers and cat anuses. bad. Yeah, we tried to watch the movie, and we couldn't finish it. I I felt Mm -hmm. bad. I was like, I love Bob's Burgers. I love the fact that they made the movie a musical. And I was like, we couldn't finish it. I, was, I fell asleep, and I woke up, and I was so uninterested in finishing it. I was like, let's just mm-hmm. go to bed.
4: Understandable. Um, water profiles are, are pretty variable, but low carbonate and moderate sulfate. So you're not trying to um, offset any sort of... Uh, Black malts, any high acid malts, so the water is going to be need to be pretty neutral that way. Um, low carbonate uh, means not as much buffering capacity for acid. Um, and then moderate sulfate means that you're going to get lower bitterness, but still a little bit of bitterness aggressiveness there. Style comparison. So superficially, it's similar to English pell ales, although much more highly carbonated. Uh, less caramel malt less late hops showcasing signature yeast strains and hop varieties more bitter than ibus may suggest due to the high attenuation so not as much sweetness to balance out the bitterness that you're going to get there low final gravity and somewhat coarse hops with that pride of ringwood all right so this one's going to kick in somewhere around 4.5 to 6 percent abv and ibus would typically be 20 to 35 ibus but otherwise that is your Australian sparkling ale. Yeah. Mm. Oh, oh, one more thing to note here. I'm just noticing the final gravity 1.004 to 1.006. Very dry. Like getting close to brute IPA territory in this dryness. Mm.
1: All oh. right.
2: That's a dry oh. boy. Yeah.
1: That's the Australian. I, I was talking with uh, uh, a brewer I know that I was doing this episode. He's like, oh, yeah, like a Cooper's. I was like, yeah, like Coopers, and that gave me the hope that I could try to find it somewhere. Mm, yeah, I was unsuccessful today. In fairness, there's a decent chance if I had found it, it'd have been like a, it'd have been twenty years old or something. Yeah, <laughs>
2: that's uh, so. My thought, I didn't even try to look. Like that was, I could have probably found one something at Party Source, but it would have probably been. Well, I don't think Party Source put something on the shelf that far out of date. Mm. But my thought was, if I found one, it'd be dusty on a shelf, and I wouldn't want to touch it.
4: I don't know if they're importing to the US
1: i don't know that maybe could they, be the case yeah could be i mean that's the other thing like it's a they might import to the US but they might not import this far you know getting across the pacific is already far enough
2: <laughs> especially in this day and age that adds another yeah that's true complication all right well uh, i think we've all pretty much admitted <laughs> this is not what we're drinking. So what are we all drinking? Drink with me, friend.
0: Yeah, not that at all, it turns out.
2: Yeah, um, and ours, I think we just have to name it since there's been so many years that we've drank this in a row on New Year's Eve that you can just go get the deets from <laughs> those episodes. Uh, but we're drinking fresh batches of Dragon's Milk, Triple Mash, and mm. waffle. Because oh, New Stroop Holland waffles. are not dumb. And they figured out their best-selling beers of all time have to be Triple Mash and waffle So every year, they are releasing them.
1: Now for Distro. May- maybe per... Uh, may- maybe per bottle, I guess. But I have... You know, Dragon Smoke is their best-selling thing.
2: Yeah, P- but uh, so the reserves, they get to bump the price up even more. Correct. So they get to sell, you know. They don't. There's less they have to package, and they get to jack the price up even higher. But if it's triple mash, I don't care. Whatever. The, I, I don't even look at the price. I look on the shelf. I see triple mash. I check the brew date. I take it or the bottle date, and then I'm just like, nope, we're leaving with this. I don't care. Is it a hundred dollars a four pack? I do not care. This like I am very much willing to go down now and say this is. Pretty much my favorite beer. Wow. It' like triple mash is so good. I dare I mean, anyone. The
0: stroopwafel's
2: pretty great. Stroopwafel's fantastic, it is. but triple mash is. I, I just say hands down my favorite beer. Now hmm. it's so good,
1: Brittany. Are you enjoying your your stroopwaffle and your your triple mash?
2: Yeah, we
0: actually we killed off the stroopwaffle like first thing because <laughs> as you do. Um... <laughs> But yeah, no. I mean, it's pretty great actually. It's it's been a minute since we've, well, I guess one really gotten to drink at all, but two, um, gotten to drink any stouts. Uh, it's not exactly been the weather for it, you know. That's fair. Hmm.
2: But when he heat indexes are pushing like a hundred and seven, you're you're not really reaching for the stouts.
0: Yeah. No.
2: No. Speaking of.
1: <laughs> um. I I went with so okay when I went to go go shop I I I had like tiered goals I was trying to find Coopers couldn't find Coopers maybe find some kind of British pale ale be kind of somewhere close ish no didn't find that <laughs> how about a pale ale so Sierra Nevada pale ale that's what I'm drinking I I really don't feel like we need to discuss it. We've all had it. We all know what it is. It's solid, it's fine. But because it was uh because it's, you know, it's pale ale, I was like, hmm. Let me just buy like a buy a case of that or something. Get some drinking beer in the house.
2: It is good. Yeah, I was just sitting here at the sushi I was like, I We've really, done that a lot
1: lately,
0: beer ass beer.
2: Yeah, I want to go buy a case of Sierra Nevada just to support the 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 last bastion of craft on a national level. Yeah, that was that was the other thing. I was like, you know what? And
1: I don't have any real problems with you anymore.
2: I brought that, so, so in a conversation with someone recently who was unaware to uh, a lot of the news in the last few years of all the sellouts and all that, they were just like, oh, wait, New Belgium's not crafting? Oh, wait, if I buy New Belgium, I'm actually supporting, like, terrorism and genocide? Oh, crap. <laughs> You're like, well, I can't buy that anymore. You're like, what's left that I can buy? And it's like, depending on your morals, not much. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's like, but, that's, stick Broken local. Throne Brewing. That, <laughs> that's what I said. I lo- this person lives in uh, your region, and I said, guess what? You happen to have a local brewery that's locally owned and produces great beer. <laughs> There you go. I, I, uh, I actually was just
1: talking with someone, and they were like, I need to get some more Broken Throne stuff. I need to try more of their stuff. I was like, I will do my best to mule for you next time I'm down there.
2: Don't get me started on <laughs> how upset I am. So we don't go back home often, like maybe once or twice a year. We were down there for July 4th weekend. <laughs> we won't We won't get into why the whole weekend went tits up. But it did. The whole weekend went tits up. Because I had planned to be buying cases of Broken Throne to bring back up here. Because I'm like, I need some beer-ass beer, and I want to get a lot of Broken Throne beer. And they were closed the entire time we were in. And I was like, it's great. It's great.
1: (laughs) I'll mule for you guys, too, I guess. (laughs)
2: Because I've got... I
1: got a, I got, I'm muling Saki, so I might as well be mule and Broken Throne up that way too. Well, we don't need mm-hmm.
2: muling a Broken Throne. We can get Void. That's true.
1: We can get someone else
2: to mule that one. Well, no, I don't need <laughs> it. Yeah. I, no, we have Void up here. It gets a oh, party well, source. I mean, like a quarter of a you, you mile get, away, I can get it. Get the regular stuff. I'm saying I'm getting
1: mm-hmm. like the oh, weird.
2: Yeah. You get the good stuff. Yeah. I do get the good stuff. Uh, Casey, get on it. You all got to get Distro Party Source.
4: Speaking of party source, is the only location on your side of the river that would have had Coopers, and they only have the stout. In order to get the Coopers, the only location within a hundred miles of you is Juggle Gems.
2: Of yeah, of that course.
4: And so it is distributed in the U.S. sparsely.
2: Spoiler alert! Uh, check, uh, are you on Jungle Gems to get that? I was say? Did, do they have Malort?
4: <laughs> oh, I did not. Yeah, there we go. Um, I did not look on the Jungle Gems site. I looked on the no. distributor site. Okay. I do not believe they would have Malort though, because that's pretty. <laughs>
2: yeah. <laughs> but I was just like, if God. no one will have it, but if anyone would, it'd be Jungle Gems.
4: Yeah. Let me see if you can get a Malort shipment.
2: Casey, can you get a case of more
4: <laughs> <laughs> Liquor Barn says they've got it. I don't oh, believe it. okay. So tomorrow. Oh, there's another brand of Liquor Barn.
1: Oh, there you go. That makes oh. more sense.
4: This is uh I, There's. I,
1: I'm certain there's somewhere out in the Midwest that is also Illinois. I mean Chicago Illinois. suburbs. Illinois. 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 Same. Same brains. God, been
4: doing the it's show It's been how long. many years? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> uh, I am drinking on this 107 degree day. What I want an imperial stout. Yeah. <laughs> Look, if if mm, you know what I I wanted
1: to go closer to style, but now that everyone else did style. Like, man, I should have grabbed one of my Babas. <laughs>
0: I say we're not outside right now. I
2: have it. I'm still sweating. Like, don't get me like it's ten o'clock at night and I'm still sitting here just like sweating all over myself. <laughs> it's been a day.
4: It's ten o'clock. Do you
2: know where your flop sweat is? <laughs> In my pits <laughs> and under my man boobs. That's where it is.
4: So I'm having uh, not all the spoils are rancid uselessness.
2: No, oh, yeah, that goes to my man boob flop sweat. <laughs>
4: By burial. Uh it is an Imperial stout with cashews, honey, marshmallow, sesame seeds. Spice wall of cinnamon and vanilla bean, because mm. why not just throw all that in?
2: Can we just say I love burial beyond oh, all I a doubt? It. I love burial, but every <laughs> so I've I don't do a lot of uh, beer releases anymore. But all of them I've been to in the last like two years, everyone shows up with a burial beer, mm-hmm. and two of them are good all the rest of them are infected all to hell and back. Mm. Yeah. Because two people will pull out the same beer from the same batch, which the same release, and I don't know if it's storage or what, but we'll crack one person's, and it'll be great. The other one will crack the top, and that bad boy will just geyser fountain out of it, and everyone goes, yeah, I'm not touching that. <laughs> like, you can just smell it. And you're, it smells like a red, you know, one of those... Oh God! What was it? The uh, the weird European Reds that we did. Flanders. Yeah, it'll uh, smell like Flanders <laughs> and stuff, and you're like, I'm not getting near that. <laughs>
4: uh, they do a lot of that as well. So I mean, it would not be surprising if there's a little cross contamination.
2: Yeah, a little yeah. tainting. Yeah. They're all beer.
4: in. I mean, they've got multiple locations and everything, but I think they do a little bit of everything, everywhere. Yeah. Um. This one is thick, and it's good. Oh, yeah, yeah it, it is. I'm also drinking a, I don't know, it's probably a 16-ounce bottle. No. Is it thick and one,
2: dark and at least seven inches?
4: One pint <laughs> and nine fluid ounces, so 25-ounce 20, bottle. Oh, uh, right. Eight it's a chart. lot of it. Handle
1: those twenty five ounces.
4: The, the dark, thing that, thick. The thing that gets me is I think they add the honey after fermentation. Yeah, they do. And <laughs> it's it comes through. Oh, you
2: better believe it does. <laughs> comes <laughs> right through. Just. just
4: <laughs> but um, it also leaves behind a honey like fructose-y sweetness, which is very sweet. i been told So I'm not happens. a huge fan of that.
1: Don't don't like the aftertaste it, it leaves you.
4: <laughs> Today's show is written by Bob. <laughs> Using sources from keggrader.com, brewerworld.com, and Cooper's own website, as well as the BJCP 2021 guidelines. I think Casey should get yeah, an yeah, award I to of put someone. that in there. <laughs> <laughs> so you can subscribe and get some great resources at haveadrakeshow.com after the show if you'd like. Or you can follow us at Have a Drink Show on social media and twitch.tv.
1: Smacking. Yeah. Uh, sorry. Uh, don't. Yeah. Uh, let me try that one more time. Tell us your favorite drink. Ask a question or just leave some general feedback. You can use the email address feedback at haveadrinkshow.com or you can use, use the feedback page on the website. Uh, you can also just just clear your mind, <laughs> open your heart, I'm not going to hear you. You're going
4: to have to send an email.
2: I always like that I'm the one who has to say this, but all joking and fun aside, <laughs> i like to remind everyone to please drink responsibly. I'm
4: trying to tell you, Chris.
2: Yeah, I know. I, I do drink it's responsibly.
4: Also, it's not just drinking responsibly. Brittany has tried and tried to get us to include in there, buy beer responsibly.
2: <laughs> That's not no. been an issue recently. <laughs> I don't buy much. I just have quit drinking.
4: <laughs> it just like adds up.
2: Yeah, it just keeps piling up. It's an it's an issue.
0: Mm. Yeah. <laughs> Anywho, well, you can check us out in another couple of weeks for our next live episode, and sled announcement. Check out haveadrinkstore.com because we finally stickers. updated it. <laughs> she's working on even more. Oh no I, I've I think been some, drawing a lot of things. <laughs>
2: no, I've got to say I think some of the best we have to make the, those stickers. Like she's really like sort of cranking out some great stuff and yeah. it's all hitting the store nowish. Uh, I think it's some sticker packs are hitting. yeah and some more designs will be coming out with like host uh, exclusive things.
0: Yeah, um, I may have tweaked some things from our Al-A-Mart. Um So
1: it's gonna be one with Casey and his. Do
2: you want to get? Dark, a, do you want a shirt? Twenty five ounce. Do you want to get a shirt with Bob's loving face on it as a beer no. glass, or Casey's as a, a snifter? Yes. Then you may be able to get those soon.
0: I want that. But so right as of right now, the new stickers are up, and I one of them didn't look like hot garbage as a patch. So one of them is available as a patch.
2: You can commemorate our um, couple of years of uh, show topic. Yes, we dedications. Do, we
0: have uh, stickers specifically like a badge, uh, year of the Trappist and year of the Scotch. Um, <laughs> so those are those are available as stickers right now, um, and then the. Patch that exists is um, a Glencairn of scotch. <laughs> nice. So, uh, yeah, but more to come on that uh, very soon, actually. So, mm-hmm. a lot of stuff been working on for that. But, have a And, of course, another way to support the show is have a drink, or is have <laughs> short- a drink show. And that Also, having a
2: drink. That holiday sweater pattern got uh, taken out of the store. So if you didn't get well, it. Well, it's
0: like deactivated until next holiday. And then I can maybe like tweak it a bit more and do some other stuff.
2: It's gone. You missed your chance. If you wanted, it. it's gone I kind of want
0: to do some like Halloween stuff too. You drag your feet and it's gone.
2: <laughs> Pumpkin ale Halloween.
0: All right. So once again, I'm Brittany Lee Walker.
2: I'm Justin Frazier.
4: I'm Christopher Walker. And I'm Casey Price. We'll see you next time.
2: Bye, guys. Bye. Club hopes you have enjoyed this program. <laughs> all right, so are we gonna be talking love Make, and I mean, thunder? We
1: talk some, some some thunder loving. Are
2: we just gonna spoil it all for Brittany? I don't care.
1: Heaven above.
2: Well, I've I must urinate before we start this and get another beverage. Okay. So yeah. follow your
1: heart. Uh. So yeah, uh, it was a fun show. So- sorry, it turned into Casey takes BBC, but
0: it's hard to avoid the yeah.
1: By the end of the episode, we've all been drinking a while, and we're 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 doing the dumbest jokes we can think of. <laughs>
0: uh. So I was trying to do a particular cartoon style. That image uh-huh. that I sent you guys, Chris is like, "Why are we all amputees?" And I was like, <laughs> "It's supposed to be a style." So like, and I and then I was like, also like, ready to throw the iPad. And I was like, "Hands are hard to draw." Okay, they are.
1: <laughs> hands are dumb. Are. There, are, there are things that artists hate to draw. They are hands, horses, and cars. I could see that. Yeah.
0: <laughs> um, but yeah, so I. Added some like super dumb hands, so like that it's it exists. That's a thing that it, that is there. And you didn't say
1: super dumb hands. It's like one of those like no. Doing, just, like, there's like shadow puppet. Or... There's
0: like no detail, and it's full on cartoon hand. Like everybody has three fingers. That's it. That's all you're getting. <laughs> like I can't.
4: I'll take three.
1: Hands are stupid. I mean, yeah, it's fine. I'll just grab like this. A I mean, Spock. Not, you know, I was like, well, no, Nightcrawler's hands are like super weird because like his his oh, thumbs yeah. are Alter. like extra, Yeah, they're like also super long. Like, God, mittens must be a nightmare for him.
0: <laughs> I do want to show off. So I bought. Um, it was like six bucks, but uh, on Etsy. Um, so a lot of people sell Procreate brushes. That you can get different different textures, and this one was, um, I was trying to find one for braids, uh, for like, you know, like, like different size braids and everything, and I I tried to make my myself and it did not work out, so I was <laughs> like, I'm just gonna get these, and these were like way better, uh, and it was like 30 brushes for six bucks, and I was like, yes, this is fine, but this is the. Oh, cool. So, oh, I mean, I don't know if you can tell as much what the, you know, the yeah, and everything. Yeah, pattern is. The, the braid, yeah. And she had all different sizes, like actual, like, pigtail kind of braids and then, like, the, the regular stuff. But I was like, oh, yeah. And then, of course, the, the lips are from, like, I, I had just done, like, a tutorial on how to do <laughs> that. Yeah.
2: Nice. Okay, so how do I want to kick this off? Uh, how's the movie start? starts Uh, with uh uh, stoically meditating on a picturesque mountaintop
1: uh yeah yeah meanwhile the guardians are trying to uh trying to do some work and thor just yeah they have to come up and tell like thor you're you're insanely powerful. Come do something.
2: Basically, uh, hey, you can take care of this in two minutes, and they're we're all about to die.
1: Uh, yeah, they. Uh, so finally, like, yeah, and he yanks off his his uh, his robes. Rides his axe like it's, a,
2: like it's a, a, a... A broom. A broom. Yeah, he rides off on it like he's a witch on a broomstick, <laughs> which is the greatest thing ever. He just, like, <laughs> saddles up <laughs> the axe and flies off on it. And, and then...
1: Uh, <laughs> uh it then proceeds to, to destroy an entire army, being be Thor, doing Thor things.
2: And the... the people of the planet that they were there to help them defend and take back their ancestral temple. It just crumbles in the background as he's standing there going, you're welcome. Yeah. (laughs) And the whole thing Uh, just collapses. I will
1: will say the opening does lead into a uh, lead into an issue I have with the whole movie, which is I could do with less guns and roses. Uh, We could all
2: do a little less guns and roses, but I'm not a big, big,
1: I'm not a big guns and roses fan. I hate Axl Rose.
2: Yeah. No, he is a pretty big piece of shit.
1: But they they fit for the scene. So I'm kind of like I can't be super mad at it, but also just don't want to hear some of these songs.
2: But we get the hilarious so the the people of the planet are trying to be grateful but are clearly pissed. So they 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 want to thank Thor for his No thanks. Thanks deed, so much. Appreciate it. But also punish him for destroying their holy temple. So they gift him with these two gigantic screaming goats mm-hmm. that don't ever stop screaming. They're just constantly ah, ah! and Then it like cuts someone, to them on the Benatar, which is the new name of the ship. Like someone just does make a make a point it. though,
1: like like oh, would you like a joke from like 2010 internet? I mean, You're like I mean, yeah, but that doesn't really get but, but also, Thor, Thor's chariot is driven by by two goats. Yep. And that becomes a point later on where <laughs> those two things are pulling a, a ship that Thor is on. Which is just the
2: goat boat. The goat boat? Yeah, the, like there's it. a Lego set of it that is called the goat boat. <laughs> That's great. So that was, I'm going to get that Lego set now. <laughs> just basically because it's called the goat boat. Uh. But yeah, uh, but then they set like, it up.
1: I do also like that they they show like Thor does cross like godly
2: CrossFit. Oh yeah, <laughs> he's doing the the battle the ropes, the ship chains.
1: The the movie actually does open just before this, where you you are introduced to Gore the God Butcher and his well, tragic backstory, but, 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 but which is
2: just lifted direct from the comics. Like no other than the sex of his child changed. That's the only thing that's different, really. It's like, oh no, yeah, he's wandering through the desert, like Last of His Species, and they all die yeah. because the god is not; their gods aren't listening. Mm-hmm. They do not care. And uh, which I feel like
1: could be a very interesting plot point that they just kind of, eh, we don't really care. Uh, which is also fine. Like it, it, it could get bogged
2: down, and it would be a different movie if they did that. What yeah. they were
1: going for is a a different theme.
2: Which is fine. He stumbles across his god eventually after his daughter dies in like a tragic, and he has to bury her. And he's the last of his species at that point, crawling through a desert, and then stumbles into this beautiful, lush oasis where he finds his god who proceeds to laugh at him when he explains what's happened. But there, there is a vanquished foe, as we all know the story of Gore to be. He doesn't witness the fall of this foe, but then he sees the necro sword, all black.
1: He Gets it, kills yes. him some gods.
2: Uh, yeah, and it calls to him as his god proceeds to mock him and laugh at him. And then he slays the god. And then Gore the God Butcher is born.
1: Uh, I will say, like, they... The Christian Bale does a really, you know, pretty decent job in, like, you know, a couple of scenes with him where like, there's a lot of, like, real good emotional That's stuff that he does. That
2: I will yes. say, yeah, I will say, so I, I put it to, like, Brian Cranston in uh, Godzilla. He's mm-hmm. not in it for very long, but while he's in it, he's chewing up the fucking scenery. Well, it,
1: it's, it's like he's playing two entirely different characters, though.
2: But he does the switch. It makes it, like, yeah. maniacal.
1: Well, it, like I'm like there's there's the the uh, humble, loving, you know, thing, and there's the the corrupted, crazy person. Like all of a sudden, he's like doing bits at a certain point to where yeah. I was kind of like, this does not seem like the character I saw a little while ago. But
2: all right, it turns kind of Joker-esque when he's like, yeah cutting in and messing with the uh, the kids.
1: Yeah, that's the only bit of him I think didn't super work for me. Everything else was kind of fine, but that was the only scene where I was kind of like this is
2: it still makes uh, him it, like pretty terrifying when they do those. It bits. makes it
1: terrifying. It just didn't fit consistently kind of with how I was experiencing him at that point. But yeah. Either way.
2: But uh, uh so yes, we get the origin of Gore. We get his, you know, here's why he hates the gods and is going yeah. on his quest to murder them all. Got to murder them all. Gods. <laughs>
1: Um, Got to them all. Got to them all. Deities.
2: <laughs> and then we there cut we to go. we cut to Jane Foster sitting in her chemotherapy, while the person next to her in chemotherapy is reading her book. So it's 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 a forced contrivance, and I still find it funny.
1: And still it's cool like with it.
2: Every author's wet dream. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I wrote that book.
1: Yeah, because someone's gonna be in chemotherapy reading,
2: like, high-level physics books, and then she drops, she name drops Event Horizon, and then proceeds to do the exact thing they do in her Event Horizon to explain <laughs> wormholes. Yeah. Yeah. It's like you
1: just ruined your
2: book. I think it's still a great, like, it ge- it just goes too deep when it's like you're like, oh yeah, Sam Neill's also in this fucking movie. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah,
1: yeah, and and all of a sudden Jane Foster realizes, you know, because chemo sucks. Because chemo sucks. Uh, that whoever wields the power of Thor, that gets the strength and health of Thor. It's a weird wording in that that book to say health, but
2: so a lot of things get was explained. Like, well, Yes, the the original, you know, <laughs> the original, uh, I don't know, enchantment that Odin put on the hammer. And then apparently somehow Thor's able to drunkenly alter it. He's able to
1: add his own enchantment, which is always watch after Jane, which I actually like.
2: I like that yeah. idea
1: that, like, he is he is growing into sort of his father. He's made a connection with all this. And then he says a thing, and it does, like, the same, like, you know, yeah. makes the, the thing. I was like... It's good touch. I like that.
2: Because I saw that as them. Also, when we got the gore fight, when we get it in the comics, you get it as the three Thors. Yeah. You get the three Thors. We don't get the three Thors fighting. We essentially get three characters embodying those three Thors, which I, I found very fitting as a callback to that in the comics. Yeah. Would we like to have seen All Father Thor? Yeah. Yeah. I, look, I, I
1: love young Thor, Avenger Thor, and old Thor. Just look, yeah, like old Thor's looking at the two of them going, like one eye, one arm, like with like a, the eradicator is his other arm. Yeah. Like, <sighs> I remember when I was this dumb.
2: We got a close, we got a prox, you know, approximation of that eventually in the end. Yeah. But so we get the building of Jane. Yes, she has cancer. She's very sick. Uh, it's stage three. Uh Four. Oh stage four, yes. Uh, then we get a Darcy who proceeds to not m- even mention the fact that she's been just been through a very strange thing in upstate New York.
1: <laughs> <laughs> she New is. Jersey. She's there for her friend. She's there not to tell her her weird story. She's there to like be there and supportive, <laughs> and also to further the plot. But mostly,
2: <laughs> Darcy. I didn't know Darcy was in it. I Darcy's in it. She's only He's, in it for a for scene. Cool, a scene. During chemo, she's there to keep Jane company and brings her, like, a buttload of snacks.
1: That said, apparently because of the Thor movies, I think, Natalie Portman and uh, uh, Kat Dennings have become very good friends. I am okay with this. And so
2: I'm like, I I just like the fact that they got to hang out. I'm still weirded out Kat Dennings married Andrew W.K.
1: Weird choice, but, you know. know.
2: Sure. (laughs) You see them and you're like, weird. Both of them are weird. But their vibe is kind of similar. You're like, no, I see it. I see well, it one
1: likes to party. Let's <laughs> party.
2: Likes to party uh, hard. And... Party hard.
1: Yeah. Uh, and the other likes to knit. <laughs> <laughs> and those are both Andrew W.K. Just <laughs> Well, actually,
2: I was going to say one. the other one is, is Kat Dennings. But sure. All right. I'll never get over. Well, it was on one of the, like, I love the 2000s. I can't remember who they were talking about. Some other band who they met Andrew WK on Warp Tour, and they're like, he's they're like he's just magical and a joy to be around. Like, like they they saw him I can't coming. Imagine off, him not being. He, he came off stage just like sweaty and gross, and it was just like comes up. It's like hey guys, like hugs him and then pulls lollipops out of his pockets and <laughs> gives to them and like walks away. <laughs> just like a magical
1: treat. I assume he's the Willy Wonka of of music,
2: but yeah. I mean, so <laughs> anyway, um, yeah. Uh, we get uh, some exposition forced to uh, give us cameos from Stellan Skarsgård, and you know they like, oh, let's shove him in here with really a quick. You got to have Eric. Was,
1: well, I mean, it was just nice to see him again because you haven't seen him since
2: Avengers. Avengers, yeah. <laughs> so
1: no, Avengers two. He's in Avengers too. He helps Thor go to the cave. That doesn't oh, yes, explain yes. anything.
2: That that weird scene that should have just been cut.
0: He is yeah. referenced in uh,
1: Ms. Marvel. Yes, he is. Uh, he's
2: referenced in a couple other ones, but yeah.
1: Uh, but yeah, he they they, they, do, they do the yeah there's a couple of Jane talks. She goes to Asgard on Earth, the Earth Asgard, which is a is a track. tourist trap. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, it's the best tourist trap ever. Like, because, like, they take the Viking boat, and it's like, yeah, go up in a little tour, and I, I, I'm looking at it going, like, God, it's so close to, like, those, like, Viking
2: swing yeah. you know, boat things. And and there's uh, a great callback to the decanonized, maybe re-canonized uh, bits when uh, Thor has a roommate. And oh. his, roo- his roommate from those things that were technically decanonized, but everyone's going, are they re-canonized? But his roommate from those is the tour guide in New <laughs> I Asgard. Didn't, <laughs> I didn't catch that. So that's the tour guide when they come up to Mjolnir. And then you see this hooded figure come up to the, the shattered bits of Mjolnir on the, this grassy pedestal because no one could move it. So they literally just had to like dig the earth out around it and make an I, earthen I, pedestal.
1: I saw a thing where someone made a point of like it's it's the argument they have at the end of uh, Avengers Two of, of Age of Ultron where it's I mean and that, like he's not a person right right that's why he can move the hammer I mean an escalator could move the hammer you put it down on the thing and it moves it up that's 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 in that same argument they couldn't move the hammer but they could move the stuff around the hammer yes
2: but where where the fight happened with Hela is where. The shards of Mjolnir are, and then this hooded figure approaches it, and you see the shards vibrating, and then the camera swings to reveal the hooded figure is Jane Foster. Yeah. After she claims Mjolnir was reaching out to her through a children's book. What? Uh, Through several books of Norse mythology. There is
4: a reenactment play.
2: Yes. There is. Which stars...
1: I mean, like, like it was in uh, in Ragnarok.
2: It's uh, the exact and it's same tree. It's got Matt Damon. Matt Damon. Fat Damon. Fat Matt Damon. <laughs> I'll never get over I'm like, so he's never in any movie looking this large, except for these Thor movies. I'm like, is it the way they're shot that they're giving him this, like, massive double chin? Or I'm like, what is going on? Do they shoot these, like, so between his other films that he's kind of out of shape? I'm like, I don't get... <laughs> How they get Matt Damon to look like that?
1: It's got Matt Damon. Does it have um, Sam Neill
2: as the... Odin? Yeah, <laughs> again.
1: Uh, Melissa McCarthy, I think. Yes, yes as Hella. As Hella, uh, which is funny because like they they all hate Hella, so they they have to like like she can't look like um, who is it that played Hella? Um, oh, uh, oh God, is it Kate <sighs> Blanchett? Cate Blanchett, yeah, you can't look like Kate Blanchett. You gotta look horrible. And so it's mostly McCarthy. Like, all right, whatever.
2: Can't be uh, Galadriel rolling up in there.
1: Yeah, <laughs> uh, and then, but th- there's the other guy who was the guy who played, you know, played Thor. Where Hemsworth's brother. Yeah,
2: Hemsworth. brother. Yeah, Hemsworth uh, Liam, Hemsworth, okay. yeah Liam.
1: Okay. Hmm.
2: And they have a, a recurring, so they do the the play that basically is redoing Ragnarok. The opening to Ragnarok, and in Ragnarok they did the play that did Dark World. Yeah, so you have all that, and then there's another event later. They show up after shit goes down to to be like, should we should we make a play? And he's like, we didn't hear no. Yeah, and they start they start playwriting right then.
4: So background, we see. All right, incoming dark clouds, rolling clouds, which (laughs) in the next few scenes we find out is the
2: God God Butcher.
4: God Butcher coming in to uh, to do some bad things.
2: We skadoodled right past the the resonating theme that you didn't realize was the resonating theme with uh, the Guardians of Galaxy and with the goodbye. Yeah, with the goodbye when it's it's showing. Peter Quill looking over when Thor's like, I don't. Basically, saying he's having an identity crisis. He doesn't know who he is. He doesn't know why he exists. And Peter Quill's looking over his shoulder at the other Guardians, being like, you know, you got to find the people in your life that make it make it all worth it. And then he's like slowly leaning into the to the shot and line of sight. Yeah, to make
1: sure, like he's looking at him like yes, I love you, but.
2: And then uh, the, you miss the, the the greatness of Thor being like, it's his ship, and he's giving it to the Guardians you, yeah. <laughs> as a parting gift. And Peter Quill's like, it's my ship, but okay, <laughs> and just it's whatever of... gets you off my ship. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, and there's more of like Drax just like swooning over Thor.
1: <laughs> there is. Uh... There's a bit there where they show him like summoning the Bifrost to get out of there. I was like, the Bifrost broke. How is he getting around? I was like, oh, never mind. They they showed an Endgame game that that the Stormbreaker Stormbreaker, summons Stormbreaker the just Bifrost. summons the Bifrost. Yeah, plot
2: point that you need for the rest of the movie. Stormbreaker can summon the Bifrost. Yeah, um, which and Thor can ride it like a broomstick. Uh, but yeah, then 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 you know we're at.
1: Asgard tourist trap, they do their, their, turns out danger happens basically as soon as Thor gets there.
2: Well, so for Thor to come back there first, uh, when they're all parting ways, the guardians are like, we're getting calls for help all across the galaxy and we can't go to all, possibly go to all of them. And then one of them is Lady Sif. So Thor's like, I'll handle this one. You guys go do all the rest. And they're like, whatever. And then everyone pimps off in different directions. Korg and Thor go to help Sif. And when they get there, it's that moment where it's literally ripped from the comics of the giant god dead and them standing there. And But this just, like, inserts, oh, Lady Sif happened to have been there. And her arm is ripped off. And she's laying there, She's and she looks at Thor, and she's like, I'm dying, but it's I'm I'm going to Asgard. It's great, and Thor's like, hate to break it to you, the battle's long over. You're not gonna go to Asgard if if you die, or Valhalla. You're not going to Valhalla if you die. Uh-huh. And she's like, and she's like, oh, Shit. get me out of here now. Yeah, she's like, well, we you got to do something. You got to save me. We got to we got to do something about this. And he's like, yeah, come on.
1: <laughs> yeah, and he gets back to Asgard they get her. They try to get her fixed up, and then suddenly Gore comes in and starts attacking and with shadow monster things,
2: the shadow monsters, and then we get the he hears the, the hum of, of, Mjolnir. of Mjolnir vibrating through the fight. And, uh, yeah, and then we get... The, I liked that in that
1: scene more than...
2: That would have been better, yes. But then we get the reveal of uh, Mighty Thor, finally. Of Jane, Jane Foster. Thor. Jane Foster yeah. as Thor. And it's, he's... Ripped Natalie Portman. Uh, yes. The What do they call it, the scene from... Uh, Council of biceps oh, yeah. is what the, <laughs> they called it when you see her with her, like, jacked it was, arms.
0: It's her and Tessa Thompson, and you're just like,
2: all right. When, when Tycho was like, no, we, like, her biceps were never CG. Like, that we had to do no work for that. Like, we had to do work to make her look sickly when she's, you know, when we cut to her, when she's not Thor, and it's pushed all the chemo out of her body. Unlike some CGI that has to get done at the, the very, very end of the movie. Yeah. We'll get there. But, so uh, yeah. Um, uh, we see Thor going through the, oh, my ex. So oh, this is, but it's more of a, with the hammer. And then, then we introduce my favorite character of the movie. Jealous <laughs> Storm- Stormbreaker. <laughs> <laughs>
3: The yeah, cuz there's a just, scene like there's a scene where is <laughs> somehow you see- eat
2: the hum of it as it like a- after any scene of him with with the hammer in it and Thor in it suddenly the axe like slowly creeps in from the side and he's like, <laughs> "Oh, but I've not forgotten about you." It's the first scene where like like Thor
1: is trying to call out to Mjolnir <laughs> while Jane has it just to try to see if he's still worthy to kind of like pick it up. And as he's summoning Towards it, because he's like, I'm not going to be like super obvious, just kind of holding it in. Stormbringer comes in like a judgmental girlfriend and just like, comes like, oh, there you are. Yeah, that's who I was summoning.
2: And that's just the running gag for the rest of the movie. Is any any time after a scene where him and the hammer just Mjolnir happens to be in the scene, suddenly jealous Stormbringer is like vibrating in from the sides or. Causing some kind of commotion.
1: Yeah. Uh, but yeah. Uh, the God Butcher takes a bunch of Asgardian kids. Kidnaps
2: all the kids, yes.
1: <laughs> and Thor and everyone has to go try and get them back. So and Thor, Korg, uh, Jane, and Valkyrie uh, turned the, the tourist attraction boat, strap some goats to it, streaming. and put Stormbringer yeah. on front to summon a... a
2: Bi- yeah, the Bifrost Rainbow Bridge to guide the boat, and but we also get the uh, the great gag of, well, gag or not, you get Thor explaining that Heimdall had showed him how to do the astral projecting, the, the, or as they called it, like the the crate, the magical eyes,
1: magic eye thing, yeah, and his
2: son who has now renamed himself Axel,
1: from Astrid,
2: yes. And uh, because of Axl Rose,
1: which explains why Guns N' Roses is throughout the movie, but also
2: <laughs> could have done with less. Yeah,
1: hmm.
2: but he keeps uh, astral projecting to the kids in Gore's captivity to be like, "No, no, it's great. We're coming to get you. I will. I'm coming to save hmm. you." And they're like, "You're not really here, though."
1: <laughs> like, yes, but we're, we're we've got plans. We're, we're coming through there, and you're you're being very brave.
2: <laughs> He's he. Genuinely is awful at reassuring them that everything's gonna be fine because every time he leaves, they're always like, "Yeah, we're dead." <laughs>
1: uh, but yeah, they 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 bounce off to the the planet of the gods or the planet of the, uh oh, the
2: thing the omnipotent Empire. city. Yeah, Where and there's you gods get to see, and celestials oh. and
1: yeah, you get to see uh, uh, Russell Crowe
2: Zeus and the god of Baobun's. buns. And they they gesture they gesture to uh, the carpenter god off screen. Everyone's like, so Jesus Christ is apparently also an omnipotent city. And (laughs) Uh, but yeah, the the uh, and the god of uh, Korgs uh, people, yes. Which I also forgot to mention uh, that Korg somehow in the mention of kids has to bring up how his species mates, which is also great because his species is all male. And it's, they, they basically do like a, I don't know what, like a thunderous man handshake over a volcano. And eventually, out of this, forms a child between the hands.
4: A sure. long handshake.
2: Uh, but yeah, I, I, I like
1: heavy, like, I like
2: fat Russell Crowe. That Russell Crowe with a horrible Greek accent is amazing. Yeah, as 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 Zeus just just coming in, going,
1: "Oh yes, yes, I am
2: very impressive, aren't I?" And you're like,
1: "Yeah."
2: Hobbsie, hey, Ubsy, hey, how's it going? Uh, uh, but Russell Crowe, uh, Zeus is most uh, like he is most infatuated with uh, getting the god orgy uh, started, started and getting it like. Who, who's hosting and uh, who all's coming. That, that's prime like, in his concerns.
1: Like Zeus would be.
2: Yes. And Zeus would be trying to figure out which animal he's going to show up as.
1: True. Uh, I do like that they, they, <laughs> they strip Thor of his costume and they, they strip him of everything. He's just standing there naked and well, all impressive. the women
2: and men... On the, the, the barge that he is on, just faint. On the receiving side, yes, they all faint. While the rest of us on the other side still faint at, at that glorious Hemsworth ass, as I liked to uh, to have shared the when Tyka did the, the late night circuit, and he when he was pointing, out he's like, in the movie, it's not all pixelated. You get the full <laughs> Hemsworth, <laughs> and you do. You get the full Hemsworth ass, with like the amazing back tats to Loki. And it has yeah. like a scroll listing everyone he's lost. Uh, they have a, a yeah, uh, obviously fights break
1: out because Zeus does not want to go fight a god butcher because he's killing gods. He doesn't want to get em.
2: and he's also not willing to just give over his amazing Zeus uh, lightning bolt, thunderbolt, thunderbolt. Yes, <laughs> I mean, that, that is a, uh... Uh,
1: and so they, you know, a fight breaks out. Thor can't call Stormbringer because Stormbringer is on the, the ship. And so he
2: Korg is just... just like it's immediately killed. Yeah, but turns out the
1: only part that's really alive is their face.
2: Yeah, the rest mm-hmm. of it's just a pile of rocks that the face pilots. So, and his face is the only thing that's left. And so they're like, hey, that's lucky. That's all that they need.
1: Yeah, well, so, which was I thought sort of under, like, in a moment, like, oh, Korg, no! And then, like, immediately he's still alive. Like, oh,
2: and then mind, Valkyrie, like, ties her braid in around his face on the back of her head. To watch keep my him. six. And it just looks like a big mustache. And she's like, watch my six. And so Korg is just, like, calling out whenever someone's behind her.
1: Uh, and then uh, Thor uh, gets a hold of Thunderbolt and just throws it straight through Zeus's chest. Moves on. It's
2: like, yeah. eh, right whatever. The middle. Killed him. And then they the, the goat boat then careens through the ceiling and like two celestials look through the hole like what the fuck? Yeah. And, and uh, they all jump on the goat boat and scream scream out of omnipotent city because they won't help them.
1: Right. So and they have they, a they, they have a whole like, big thing. Oh, go ahead. I
2: was gonna they just leave like F y'all.
1: They have a whole thing where they realize they don't have to plan and they yeah. that Thor and Jane Try to get back together. Realize that, like, yeah, we got to live like it's it's today. And Jane goes like, I have cancer.
2: Yeah, Thor's <laughs> going through like a, uh, we got to live in the now and all this. And then like Jane just like for whatever her like I don't know her guard falls and she doesn't mean to say it. And then she's just like, I have cancer. <laughs> I,
1: I will also say I love how Jane and Valkyrie have also become best friends. Like they're just like, yeah, no, we kick ass and we hang out together. That's that's our thing now.
2: Well, because we had this. Unexplained. So, from the moment she becomes Mighty Thor, she's been doing things in New Asgard, and we get—we have no idea what these things are. Just that her and Valkyrie have become—they've bonded over whatever she's been doing in New Asgard as Mighty Thor.
0: That's all we need to know. Yeah.
1: Well, and she gets, uh, uh, while she is thoring it up. She, she has the powers of Thor, but she's not doing her treatments, and the cancer is still killing her. Yeah. So if she drops the hammer, it's
2: not working.
1: So that is a bit of a problem.
2: Yeah, every time she she thors it up, it as is in the comics, it pushes all the chemo out of her body, and it's just it gets to the point that they're like, if you do it again, you will die.
1: Yeah. They try to save the kids. It doesn't go well. Turns out what they actually need is Stormbringer to.
2: Yeah, Gore. Know. They need Stormbringer, and Gore needs Stormbringer because his whole goal, as it gets revealed, is to get to Eternity, the cosmic being in the MCU, well, in just Marvel which, Universe.
1: Which apparently just grants wishes if you get there first.
2: Yeah, that's new. the first person to <laughs> Eternity. Like, A wish. one wish wish. granted which
1: which seemed weird it was a weird weird plot device it's like
4: then why didn't thor know about this before why could he just made his way there
1: why didn't we go there instead of you know trying to deal with getting infinity stones and dealing with thanos again like we didn't need a time heist we could just wish everyone back
2: but anyway, we were just now discovering this. And like yeah. Thor was like, "Oh yeah, I remember that's a thing."
1: Yeah. In fairness, Thor's a big dumb meathead. If he just suddenly didn't remember it, it's understandable. But that's, yeah, you know, that's a greater plot issue. But in the context of the movie, you're just kind of like, yeah, whatever. You just you, you roll with it. Uh. Anyway, yeah. The the. Uh, Gore gets. The, get Stormbringer. He's going to try and...
2: Because we get... Well, first we get the showdown. We get the three of them facing off against Gore on you know, in the essentially dark dimension. Yeah. Shadow world. Yeah, the shadow world. They're on this like, colorless moon, which is it's a great like grayscaled... Everything's grayscaled. There's no color left except for Zeus's lightning bolt, which they pimped out with. And, which Valkyrie's wielding in this, and Stormbringer, whenever he pulls it up, is like pulsing blue and causing color to pulse to anything in its vicinity.
1: I do like that uh, Mighty Thor, Jane Thor, sees sees what, what they, the end goal is. They need the Bifrost. And yeets
2: Stormbringer. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah. Absolutely. As soon as she catches on to it, before anything, she's just like, grabs it and is like, yeah, and it's gone. And he's like, why did you, that's what he needs. uh
1: all
2: right. And then from then on, they're just like, everyone's just like daring Thor. They're like, don't you dare summon it. And Gore's going, mm-hmm. summon it. And of course, <laughs> he, summons. he summons it.
1: Uh, and then Gore like, cause...
2: immediately gets it and like pimps off.
1: Yeah. Uh, they get, you know, thrown back to New Asgard. They do Bulker, a whole... He's
2: like mortally wounded and, They're like, Jane, it's like, hey, Jane, guess what? (laughs) After she powers down after the fight, it's like, if you power back up again, that's it.
1: And Thor's like, no, I want you to live because I want to, you know, try to find a way to make a life with you.
2: Yeah, he just like finally lays it bare. It's just like, I want to be with you forever. So you have to stay here and do whatever it takes to be better. Because he, he never says he loves her. If I'm not mistaken, um, but I, it, he's I, a, he is the like I want to be with you forever, and that can't yeah. happen if you if you help.
1: Yeah, and they do do a uh, uh, you know, he heads off, try to just go go deal with it directly,
2: and he and... he makes in a very touching scene where you're very confused at first. Well, he shows up to what everyone was speculating. It could be the, the room of statues of all the celestial beings. Well, of the most powerful celestial beings. Because you, you have everyone there. You have Uatu the Watcher and Eternity. Like, all of them. As these, uh, the one above all. Like, they all have these massive statues. And then suddenly it's like, uh, Gore clearly brought all the Asgardian children to this place. Yeah. And Thor walks in and just tells them all to find, you know, something, something that means something to them. And they're all like, what are you, what are you getting out? What are you getting at? And he's just like, look, just get something arm yourselves. And you're just like looking around, like, is is he just going to leave these kids to their slaughter?
1: (laughs) Yeah. There's a real (laughs) long moment. You're like, he's about to try and like, just tell these kids, Hey, just club them to death. And like, one of the,
2: because some of them are like wielding teddy bears. There's yeah, There's one that has a teddy bear. And like it, because it's getting, like, it, Gore's summoning all these, like, dark void forces. And you just got these kids who are getting it's ready Cthulhu to Cthulhu o'clock in there. Yeah, there's, like, some Cthulhu shit happening. <laughs> and all these kids are armed with, like, teddy bears and toys and fuck all. And you're like, what am I getting ready to watch? <laughs> and then suddenly... I, I, was,
1: cons- I was thinking, like, I'm about to watch a bunch of kids get murdered. Yeah.
2: And then Thor starts doing the exact same kind of oath enchantment that odin did and he 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 like wills his power to all these kids and basically for a limited time yeah for a limited time she adds at the end basically makes whatever they're holding mjolnir's and he enchants all these kids with the power of thor for a limited time
1: i know it was in uh ragnarok but i feel like this is when you should have heard like the immigrant song yeah because like, I just feel did, like that yeah, lightning coming across like
2: it was playing like an 80s riffic song I just can't remember what it there's was there's
1: some Guns N' Roses song
2: yeah so that we get I think
1: it's Welcome to the Jungle
2: Yeah, it was, that, it was, it or was, it was that in the beginning no it was Welcome to the Jungle in this one I think right here is where it was maybe I don't know I don't remember it's all just a wash in Guns N' Roses except for the credits which is where you got Dio but yeah. which made the most sense of anything. You're like, why did we not get Rainbow in the Dark anywhere until the credits? Like, what the F?
1: But yeah. the, aside, the, the suddenly the kids, you, have, you have a kid wielding a Thor. teddy bear
2: that's basically Mjolnir. And they're like that's, that's, beating these shadow beasts to death.
1: My favorite like, one is like the kid with the teddy bear just standing there just shooting, lazy, shooting lightning bolts out of this
2: bear's eyes. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's fantastic. He just made a small army of Thor's. Uh and
1: <laughs> But it's all too and late. Stormbreaker is still jealous and will not
2: Yeah, not will not listen to him. Will not listen to him. Stormbreaker's <laughs> just jealous and butthurt AF and will not he's just like Stop it and Stormbreaker's like opening the Bifrost into eternity. And it, it doesn't matter. It's all too late. And the portal gets opened even though like Jane comes to try and help. And it, it doesn't matter.
1: Uh, yeah, I mean she does a really cool like you know ass kicking thing.
2: She kicks uh, more ass than any of them, and it is just like it doesn't matter. Gore, even though Gore loses, he wins. Uh, Cause, yeah, because he
1: gets to walk straight through because Jane starts feeling bad again, or because
2: yeah. Jane just dies. Like basically she dies.
1: <laughs> yeah, she yeah she starts dying. They they try to say goodbye, and I at that point in the movie I thought Gore was going to like do a wish to like bring Jane back to life. See, that instead, was dead. My
2: prediction yeah. coming into this was going to be because we all know the storyline of Gore and it was going to be that he sees Jane acting so with so much valor and so heroically that it turns his mind that not all gods are, mm. you know, what he thinks they are. Which we kind of <laughs> get that, but that's where I thought it was going to go. I was like she dies no matter what. I was like she has to die. But we like, get her, a her sacrifice yeah. was going to change Gore's mind.
1: We do get instead a wish that does make sense. When I thought about it a little bit more, I was like, "Yeah, he wishes for his daughter to come back."
2: Yeah, so we get in. He's mortally wounded, no matter what, and like stumbles through the the bifrost hole to eternity. And then it's uh, suddenly we're in. Uh, as we discovered from Natalie Portman in an interview, we're in a Best Buy parking lot. <laughs> It is just all white with some water, and you get like the most comics accurate representation of eternity that could have ever been done. It's just like the silhouette of this omnipotent being, and the silhouette is filled with stars and galaxies, which Uh, is like exactly as eternity is always portrayed. I will
1: say, like, since Ragnarok, like, Taco Watiti has not been afraid to go balls to the wall, Kirby. And his Yeah, he'll show you the stuff.
2: weird shit. He's like, no, we're going here. Yeah. Get ready, uh, guys. But, but they do... Um, Gore's there. He's at Eternity's feet. He gets to make the wish, and Thor is behind, like, just a little ways behind him, holding, like, Jane has been forced out of Mighty Thor and is just... is Jane Foster's weak body, literally in her last moments.
1: Yeah, he he does look at him and goes like, fine. Do it. Make whatever your wish. If you're going to kill me, I'm going to have my last few moments be with the with the person I love, with this mortal, and it's enough to, to kind of change his perception, I guess.
2: No, yeah, and like Jane is basically what is it? I can't remember. exactly. She's something about love. Yeah. And, and then, Thor is like, you know, I choose to, I choose to spend my final moments with love. Yeah. And mm-hmm. then that's when, like, everyone's all teary-eyed and Gore makes his wish. And then you see it. the camera pans down into the reflection in the water and you see suddenly a silhouette, very creepy, like the most terrifying thing I will say I've actually ever seen in an MCU movie. And you see Eternity in the silhouette of a little girl with these massive white eyes.
3: And yeah, then the essentially. Cam-
2: yeah, the camera pans back up and it's Gore's daughter, and so Eternity ha- has morphed himself. It like it didn't bring, I guess technically didn't bring Gore's daughter back, but became Gore's daughter, yeah, to fulfill this wish.
1: And uh, Jane gets uh, gets an Odin send off as she just turns to gold dust and
2: disappears in in Thor's arms but you had the moment right before she did where like Gore's in his dying moments looking for some reassurance that someone will be around to take care of this girl and Jane and Thor are both like yeah he'll do it
1: <laughs> yeah and and Thor agrees to be to, to be dad Thor
2: to be to be that baby daddy really yeah. and yes we we end with
1: I feel one of the more accurate depictions of fatherhood as I've seen.
2: Uh, yes. It, it all... Just like
1: making pancakes, setting it out for the kid.
2: I don't like these.
1: You've not had them. Eat it. <laughs>
2: and then she... I want
1: to wear boots.
2: <sighs> and then she blasts cosmic purple blasts at him and destroys the fry pan. <laughs> He's just more annoyed that he have to get a new pan. Yeah. And then you get this, like, great him giving her kind of a stern talking to about, you know, like he's getting her ready for school. He's like, "Well, yes. if you see, if you see another, you see someone getting made fun of or picked on, you've got to help stand up for them." And all <laughs> this stuff as he's strapping on her boots and all these things, and then they're getting ready. And then he's he holds up Mjolnir, and she summons Stormbringer. And then they're, they're going at they, like, run out of a ship, and there's, like, a clear battle starting outside. And one side is very much going to overpower the other. Like, the one side's, like, two huts with some aliens with sticks, and the other side's, like, a modern, like, sci-fi army.
1: And it's like, so we're going to protect those, and you're going to go, we're going to fight those guys.
2: Okay. And then it plays Guns N' Roses as they... They fly out there to go kick ass together, and it says as, "as love and thunder," because she is the the universal embodiment of love, which apparently eternity morphed itself into.
1: Uh, yeah, but all in all, I enjoyed it. I thought it was a fun, dumb action comedy, like in, in like yeah, a great in, summer that, in that school movie. of things
2: that I enjoy. If we want to get in the controversy of why people hate it, I don't know why they hate it. I loved it. It was a great summer movie.
4: Casey? I enjoyed it. It was fun. Yeah. I'll watch it again.
2: Yeah. (laughs) Me and Bob had a conversation as to, we can't figure out why people hate it. Otherwise, like, the biggest complaint is people are like, oh, it doesn't take, you know, cancer (laughs) and all this stuff seriously. It's like, well, in Thor The Dark World, it was decided no one wants a serious Thor movie.
1: Like mm. yeah, so it's almost like oh, it's too like I, I've I've seen complaints like it's too jokey, and all I could think of was like yeah, but we all loved Ragnarok, and Ragnarok was was also jokey. It like, was ninety eight
2: percent jokes.
1: Yeah, like this is just the same thing. It's 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 not a different movie. It just has a different set of themes.
2: It's serious when it needs to be, but there's enough jokes to cut that stuff up, because you need yeah. to. Otherwise, it becomes a drama, which clearly no one wants in the MCU. <laughs> No, uh, especially with you know over the top Shakespearean Thor. <laughs> uh,
1: that's it. You get like the couple. Uh, uh, what's the first? Uh, there's two post credit scenes.
2: Well, I, almost a post credit scene. I almost want to call it that. It's like the like one of the parting shots is you see Korg with his apparent uh, lover. Hmm. Yeah, the big stone mustache, Brit, Yeah. or something. Is another one. It's another one Brad. of his species. Yeah, Brad, who has just like <laughs> this giant mustache, and it shows them doing like starting the big handshake over a volcano. And uh, you're like, I like this. I want. I want Korg, baby. Yeah, but Give there's uh, uh um with a beautiful mustache.
1: What are the post credit scenes in this? Because there's
2: so the first one, the McCredit Roy Kent. The mid-credit scene. Yes, the there's reveal. the one that we want to talk about, and there's
1: yeah. some other one that also happened. But the the look, the important one is they bring in Hercules,
2: and it's played by Roy Kent. <laughs> it's well, not Brett. His actual it, name. His his name's not Brett. It's Roy Kent. Roy. No, Kent. no. Roy Kent. Yeah, Roy Kent is playing Hercules, who is which I almost jumped up. I, I was almost alone in the theater because I was seeing it at like three o'clock in like. But fuck nowhere Kentucky and if there hadn't been those three other people I would have jumped up and be like he's here he's there he's there he's every he's fucking every where fucking he's where, Ken. Ken.
1: <laughs> uh, with with like a very CGI set of muscles he,
2: he's, <laughs> he's even with the CGI muscles he's very scrawny and it doesn't make any like you're seeing this I'm like I don't care that he's scrawny Hercules and supposed to be like on par with or above Thor but I was like, I'm I'm just fucking rolling with it that he's in the MCU and I'm just yeah. gonna love it.
1: <laughs> the the only thing I thought would have worked better is if because I could say it, it, it shows that Zeus is not dead. He's
2: he's just sitting there
1: tending his his big chest Because we wound. we
2: had established very much throughout the first quarter of this movie that the only thing that can kill a god is all black the necro sword.
1: Yeah. But because he attacked Zeus, he
2: Zeus is wounded. Yeah, his he pride his, is hurt.
1: He asked his son Hercules to go deal with this. He goes, "Yes,
2: father." Well,
1: and all I could think of what it should have been instead was, "Fuck
2: you." Yeah, <clears throat> or "Fuck off." Yeah, or call him cunts. <laughs> Just headbutt him real quick and then walk off. But it was now. It's Zeus is like building it up. Is like they, you know, the mortals used to fear us. We need to we need to put that fear back in them. We like. The, the humans will fear us again and is like making Hercules swear to do this.
1: Which what I would love is just like very beginning of the next, next time he shows up is just, he's not trying to do that. He's instead just going, nah, he is wrong. These guys are cool. I'm going to go drink with these humans. <laughs> Cause that is very much in Marvel comics, Hercules territory. Who is just sitting there like he is dumb boy. The dumb Thor that we have come to love is Hercules. Hercules, yeah, is Hercules. He is uh he he just falls ass backwards into things, and if he can't punch his way out of it, he will just kinda like mm, all right, whatever. Uh was an Avenger for a while.
2: He likes a good <laughs> time. I mean, he, come
1: on. He's he's not, you know, he's not he's not your brains of the operation, but you, you liquor that man up and you throw him at danger and he will fucking kill it. He's basically Party Thor from that
2: episode of What If.
1: <laughs> he is just like, what, what do we do? Just, just pour some pour some mead, ale, beer, whatever, down that man's throat. Shake. And then just throw him like a hand grenade at the enemy. And he's like,
2: all right, let's go. Get him some Everclear. Yeah. That's <laughs> good to go. Uh, but all in all, like,
1: I enjoyed... The, the, the Thor movie. I thought, oh, was, I
2: thought it was... We had the full speak- post credit scene uh, in Valhalla.
1: That's the other one,
2: yeah, where you see Idris Elba yes, uh, uh, welcome Jane to Heim- Valhalla. Heimdall welcomes Jane to Valhalla to show us in her time to- when she did take up the mantle of Thor with Mjolnir, she became a god. Yeah, she did die outside of a battlefield. Well, no, she died in the battle. Like well, she died
1: in the battle, but like in the same you know, same bit of, you know, uh close leeway that proximity. they were saying against Sif. Like that's what I'm like, Thor is just wrong. That's just generally well, uh, how you can Sif
2: was like hours out of the battle, laying there dying. Whereas they were in the immediate throes of battle. Like it had just My, my headcanon
1: for that was literally just uh, uh Thor was wrong.
2: But that is also viable, yes.
1: Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that was a, uh, uh, that was the other one. Uh, I did, we figured out how to, uh, because our TV is too old to put, uh, Apple TV on a Android product TV. Mm. Uh, however, the Xbone, the Xbox, whatever version Xbox it is has Apple TV plus. And so we put it on there and I, I showed Adam the first episode of, uh, Ted Lasso (laughs) and he was like, Oh okay? I was like, I like, this one does a lot of the legwork of, like, setting stuff up. Most of your jokes are not in the first episode.
2: No. That's, a, uh, the first episode, you're, the first two episodes, you're still thinking it's gonna be some kind of quasi-serious thing, he, and it's still well, he,
1: he, he looked at me, he was like, like, so I guess she's like, actively rooting against... The, okay, two things. One, she, he thought that Ted's wife and, uh, 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 uh What is the, the owner's name? says. So uh, Rebecca. Rebecca. Uh, he thought they were the same person. I was like, well, <laughs> "Why?" He's like, "Well, it's like the only similarity they have is they're both blonde. It's because they're both blonde." He's F- face
4: blind. I, I, I literally almost like are you
1: face blind, Adam. Do you just not know what people look like?
2: Um, but all women the- are the same to him. Come on, no, I'm I'm very much kidding.
1: Yeah. Uh, but it was a, uh, 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 yeah. I'm, I'm looking at it going like, hmm. it's a lot of, there's a lot of real subtle jokes that go on in that first episode that I do find like, uh, you know, generally very funny. Like, you know, Nate trying to come back upstairs to try to reintroduce everyone, and then realizing that they've already started talking, he just runs back down. Uh, but, yeah. Apparently, I'm doing Ted Lasso I all the way it. through again.
2: Yeah. So that leads us to the question: Who would Nate be? The MCU if you were to be introduced. The burning question. Ah! Mephisto? (laughs) What's that? I said Mephisto. Oh, would uh see I was trying to
1: think of what's the the... he'd be a great lakes Avenger. (laughs) He'd be like 2D man or uh Yeah.
2: Yeah, you no, that's perfect. (laughs) (laughs) God So yeah, there there's Thor uh loved it. It was just a great great uh summer popcorn movie. I don't understand why there's such hate around it.
0: Have you guys seen any of the Comic-Con stuff to come out yet? Oh
2: yes, uh I forgot to announce the rest of that. I had the uh Marvel Studios thread up on Reddit where they're discussing it Comic-Con day 2. All right, let's. Uh, do we want to run through this real quick? Uh, sure. Apparently, right beforehand, someone pulled a fire alarm, and the fire marshal was out on stage uh, in Hall H before the Marvel panel. Sizzle reel uh, with a Miss minutes jump scare. Uh, Kevin Feige came on stage three years ago. Since they last been there, yada yada yada. Uh, phase four is over after Wakanda forever. <laughs> and Quantumania will ring in phase five uh followed by uh secret invasion guardians of the galaxy 3 echo in the summer but we are now loki season two which is filming now i'm very excited i don't for that. know how
1: secret invasion is going to work as a movie
2: and it's not gonna be a movie it's gonna be a series on disney plus <laughs> never mind so i'm that. i'm
1: even less excited uh,
2: the Marvels in July, which will be a movie.
0: I'm excited for that.
2: Uh, and Blade in November 3rd. That's, a, uh, that's 2023, next year. Uh, Iron Heart that fall. Daredevil Born Again. It'll be 18 episodes with Charlie Cox and Vincent D'Onofrio. Mm-hmm. Spring 2024. And the newly renamed Agatha Coven of Chaos.
0: Oh, not uh, House of Harkness?
2: Yeah, they re- they changed the name. Uh in Winter 2023-2024, uh Captain America New World Order on May 3rd, 2024. I'm confused like what's the New World Order going to be? Are we doing some kind of dark reign timeline here? you think
4: it's going to come in with Thor WWE? <laughs>
2: I'm trying to think. I'm, I'm really just like grasping it. So, okay, we've gone through Hydra. What other, what other entity can be reaching for control of everything? And the only thing I think of is they introduce Osborn, and well, I mean,
1: I the, think they are doing the, the Thunderbolts movie. So
2: yeah, follow up right after that. I don't know if it's gonna be a movie or a series, but Thunderbolts. Will premiere on July twenty twenty four. Mm. Norman yeah, Osborne a was a big movie, but that Norman Osborn
1: was a big part of uh, the Thunderbolts stuff.
2: Yeah, so that'll be the well, end. Of, Thunderbolts is going to be the end of Phase five.
3: Mm.
2: So let's take from that. I don't. I, so that's going to be the culmination of Phase five is Thunderbolts. So that's going to be where whatever big bad is taken care of.
1: I, yeah. I don't think they have a, a clear well they they probably do have a clear plan by now but they have they have not quite communicated to set that at that yeah Oh
2: well um so uh, they revealed a new She-Hulk trailer, a new Captain America logo and uh said Daredevil will return in She-Hulk. Oh,
0: well that yeah, that was that's been expected, I guess.
1: Lawyers and lawyers. Yes. Yeah. Hmm. But it's also, East- all I'm thinking of is like Daredevil looking at She-Hulk and just going,
2: "Yeah, all right, let's do this." Some snoo, snoo. Some snoo, snoo. How much snoo, how much snoo is going to be in She-Hulk? I, I put a, the most Disney Plus we'll see.
0: Well, as I say, you also have to remember it's Disney Plus,
2: which they just put uh, <laughs> the Deadpool movies and Logan in. Mm-hmm. And apparently, like, a bunch of mother groups came out angry about. Oh, for fuck's sake. As many articles pointed out, apparently these groups lack the ability to include themselves in their children's lives or to set the parental controls. Right. (laughs) Which Disney Plus very clearly allows. When they won't let the Baymax show be shown in a kid's account. We have to go into our adult's account for Emmett to watch it.
4: What's the reasoning? I don't know. Oh, well.
2: So the Baymax show has a whole episode where Baymax is helping a girl through her first period. Oh,
4: yeah. Okay.
2: And that's when I was just like a standing applause that Disney's like, no, you all didn't like us mentioning periods and turning red. We're doubling down. Go fuck yourself. (laughs) This is as Baymax (laughs) even says, and he's he's like, why are you ashamed of this? This is a normal biological process.
0: He's like, this is just biology.
2: It's just biology. And then you're just like, you want to give it a standing ovation to be like, yeah, a giant fucking balloon robot is right. It's just biology. Why is this a fucking issue? And then there's also
0: the. Uh, the Oh, uh, there's a gay thing. The, yeah. Uh,
2: a, a fishmonger. Has a thing for What is he? What is, what's the other dude? the? like, like an apple vendor. Like he he's apple like an sauce. apple vendor. Yeah, he sells applesauce, so which I had to lean to Brittany and be like, by applesauce, he means the D. Because <laughs> he's like, if you want some real organic applesauce, just come see me down at my stand. And so I leaned over I was like, by organic applesauce, he means the D. Because it was clear they were flirting. Uh, that's all. They just make a flirt clear. But I'm guessing because of that, the Baymax show has to be listed under an adult's account. I guess. So I'm assuming Logan and the Deadpool movies are only accessible through an adult account.
1: I don't know. Hello, kitty cat. Hello, kitty cat. I think we've uh, we've talked on it long enough. I feel like we probably need to wrap up and end the stream. I'll wrap God, you up. 11.
4: Yeah. yeah, that's the reason. You want some great resources? You can.
2: We already did that bit. <laughs> you want to
4: see my cat's proud of Ringwood?
2: We've all Watch seen it. Look. All right. There's a crowdfunding to get the little like cat anus jewels to put over all your cat's <laughs> tails to hide their anuses.
0: I mean. So we
4: would wear them. We're polite.
0: Like how? So you're on part two of the day nine Plays stray.
2: Yeah, yeah. Further than we are, we need to get caught up. Right.
0: free the anus. So funny.
2: Is that in? The, like I, I was thinking about that earlier. I was like, wait, how how no. into cats is this? Is it causing like the cat to show its anus to the camera at every chance?
4: Mm. I know there's no, there's no cat <laughs> anus that I saw
2: on the actual game. Marks against it for that. Apparently it's not Alan, realistic. Yeah. Apparently,
1: Alan Tudyk is going to be playing Al, uh, Optimus Prime. Is he really? He says uh, they announced it. Uh, I'll be playing a more long haul trucker, more big rig than before.
2: I I'm I was, never surprised
0: at any announcement involving Alan Tudyk. I
2: thought you were going to say Alan Tudyk did the cat in Stray. <laughs> uh, I To be like, yeah, tracks. Yeah. I he, I could see him on like the mocap stage <laughs> I, doing cat stuff, being like, I, I went, went to, to Juilliard. To Juilliard.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: Literally not surprisingly <laughs> All
2: right,
1: well, let's uh let's right. go ahead and call it here. Yep, that's Good night, everybody.
2: Night, <laughs> y'all. Everybody,
4: end the stream. That's how you know cats love me.